Who wants to do the intro? I vote you, Chandler. You've never done it. I did it last time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Casual Coders podcast. I am a casual coder. These three lovely people are also casual coders. And today we're going to not talk about coding. Are we? I'm pretty sure that's how this podcast usually goes. <laughs> that's so. fair. That's fair. To be fair, I, I all of my topics were not code related. So I guess Some one of, mine of my were. topics is kind of code related. What is it, Ian? I will jump right into React, maybe. I don't know. Well, React is, is definitely coding. Well, yeah, it is programming. Yeah, it's programming. I'm writing lines of text that then create images on a screen. But HTML isn't programming. You're not a real programmer. <laughs> <laughs> there are actually people who scree that, though, on, like, Reddit and stuff. Well, and by like, definition, they're true. They're correct. Well, okay, but at the same time, you can do quite a lot with just HTML, and even then, it's still the average person is going to look at you like you're fucking witch or something. I don't know. Yep, that's true. But it's simply <laughs> a markup language. To every to every normal human being in the world who isn't a programmer, HTML, HTML is, is programming. programming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're writing lines of text. Quentin uh, is Quentin, an HTML hello. programmer, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> took web didn't you take a web class back in high school? Yep. Web yeah, class? Uh, <clears throat> also learned Photoshop and it was a little bit of everything. We so it was like, like almost like a like a, a Get the kids into computer science as a career in the graphic design and stuff. Pretty much. Hey, it's a it's a good way to go about it, you know. Is that the class you learn how to use Final Cut in, or yeah. is it a different class? That's a different school. Different school. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally different place. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like React. It's definitely my favorite of all of the um, responsive frameworks that I've used. It, it really hasn't been too much of a struggle thus far. This is really my first time using it and actually starting. It's a very back end dev friendly. Have you ever yes. like made a website before? Period. No, I've not. not really? really. So this is you are like, like at yeah. least I'm, I. I'm I, incredibly green at this, and it's really not really bad. Yeah. I mean, there. Are, I'm still learning a lot about layout stuff um, for this project, and you know, we're, we're always learning getting about the layout, layout right stuff. and making it look just the way I want it to. Because I'm a very particular person. If you've ever met me, you know that is very true. I am very particular. Everything has to be I would my use the word exactly. opinionated, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that too, both of them, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but, but so you're learning about HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and React. then on top of that, a framework. You know, most people start just at level one, but you're yeah, at like level the, two. Yeah, well, I, you I'm, know, I've got enough programming experience, I think, that I can probably sort of jump into that sort of stuff and... You know, I could have started the basics, I'm sure, but I have a project that I want to get done. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. That and, like, I, I'm going to argue that HTML, CSS, and JavaScript are not the way to make a website in today's day and age. I've also surrounded myself with other programmers who and, have and, experience And an, in an opinionated sort of Chandler who thinks that any, any can, sort of not React is, well, okay, Vue is fine, Angular is fine, just don't use raw HTML, CSS, and JavaScript anymore. That is so 2010. I guess I'm <laughs> technically wrong. I have written that one... That is such a new age up-and-comer thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's that te- is I realize so I'm technically wrong as well. So I did write one HTML, like, index dot whatever um, page that I sent to my friend to control an RG- like a Bluetooth RGB strip. Because all of the other Bluetooth RGB controllers on Android were like, give us your location data. Give us all this information. That we I can hate it when they do that, Chinese dude. Servers. So I'm like, I'll just write my own. And, but uh, you'll notice yeah. it's actually required. Yeah, I know. It's because, because of Bluetooth. Weird uh, of the Android Bluetooth, Bluetooth API. Where, yeah, it, it could leak your location. So you have to. But, you know, they're still logging your location, probably. You, there's no way. Like, once they've asked for your location, I don't know. It doesn't. 
explicitly break down where that date is yeah, going. It, it, the big thing is I'm, I'm under the opinion that instead of making it like, oh, they're going to giving that app location access, they instead should say give the app Bluetooth access, but warn you and say, hey, they might be able to deduce your location. That would be a much that would be a better solution. It. Correct. But yeah, yes. I, I'm definitely on the boat of React is the best, but I know, Kyle, you have a lot of Angular experience and you think Angular is just fine. Yeah, Angular is fine. Normally it's like, it's it's more uh, structured. So it's recommended for like large organizations to use. But React, I'd say, is where you really should go because it's the most popular. So there's a lot more documentation online. Yeah, and React is what we're what my company is using for their front end as well. Hey, I'm at the point where I'm not really opinionated between one or the other. <laughs> I don't really care as long as it does what I need it to do, right? Yeah, well, m my problem with Angular, I guess, is I do have a little bit of an issue with it. And that's that it has its logic inside of its HTML files instead of React, which has its logic inside of its JavaScript files. And it makes much more sense because JavaScript is a programming language where HTML is not a programming language and angular just wraps it and like added its own functionality so now you need to like know that on an html tag you can add what's called like an ng4 attribute and which is the equivalent of a for loop or an ng if attribute. why wouldn't you just use javascript at that point uh because you can't use a javascript to instantiate components in angular it, that's what the html is for like each each uh, one has so its, it's not job like, in it's Angular. It's not like React. You're instantiating components using JavaScript, but yeah. Angular you're instantiating components using HTML. Correct. Yeah, that's the biggest difference between them, I'd say. Yeah, it's a little different, but I could probably get used to that. I still am going to prefer React. Vue and React are not that far apart, but Vue, I think Vue has got more in common with Angular than it does React, from what I've read and what I've seen. Yeah, because it has an it both. It has a there's actually an HTML tag, a script tag, and a style tag in most Vue files. Yeah, 100%. Which is very interesting. The other thing is, if you want to actually make a website for non-programming related things. Just use Squarespace? Yeah, yeah. Squarespace or Wix <laughs> or one of those website builders is the way to go. That's I, I hate to say, but that's the way to go. It's Shopify kind of like, even. People have asked me, why on earth did you code the portfolio website from scratch? You know how many of my programmer friends are like, why? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, because my portfolio website. That'd be kind of stupid if I made a portfolio and I didn't write it myself. No, I think that's genius. Here's my Squarespace portfolio. What did you even do? Oh, I dragged some buttons on the UI. But then I can go like, oh, how'd you make the portfolio website? Oh, I made it from scratch. And they're like, oh, that's cool. I don't know. Right. I, it, it depends what you're getting hired for. Like if you're getting hired as an embedded programmer, they won't care. But they won't care. But I got I got a job I don't portfolio think that's already. necessarily true. I think that they'll still care because it proves that you have experience and you've gone out and done something. You're already different. You've differentiated yourself from the competition. How many people walk into a job interview without any of the skills? Like, I want to be a programmer. Okay, cool. What programming projects have you done in the past? Uh, I would say about half the, it's the scary amount of people who I'm going to school with who are like that. It, it was at least half, like at least half the people have not done projects. I would outside. say three fourths for sure. They picked uh, it because it was a good career field to get yeah, into. Yeah, it's, Lucrative. I mean, yeah, right? it isn't, I do know, uh, at least, okay, so the people I surround myself with and talk to generally aren't those type of people, but okay, You're yeah, maybe You're surrounding three yourself with people who are driven to actually Yes, you are something. correct. Both of my, like, programmer groups, casual coders and my Silicon Valley group, as I like to call it, they're <laughs> all- soy. He's embracing it. We'll get to my soy boyness <laughs> in a minute, okay? Um, Every time my, you walk into the room from now on, I'm going to have to shout soy, you know that, right? <laughs> we're going to have to get you soylent. <laughs> Isn't that like like the meal replacement? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sponsor a bunch of hackathons. 
Oh my god. All right, but anyway, like a lot of the those Silicon Valley people are like super driven and they have like shitloads of side projects and even but even compared to them, we have more side projects than our, the Silicon Valley people do. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, every time, like, I don't know how many side projects that I flip between this week, two or three or four. Well, even like whenever I was being introduced to our new head of engineering, that was like one of the things that like Steve mentioned is that Chandler has like a crap load of side projects at the point where he's making YouTube channels about it. Mm-hmm. Like that was something he mentioned. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I guess I'm a little above average in that sense. But anyway. Yeah, um, it's crazy. I think about it all the time. Like I'll meet someone on the street who doesn't know anything about our industry and I'll be super into tech. I'll be like, oh, that makes sense. You're super into tech. And you develop tech. And I'm like, that would make sense. And that's what I thought too before I went to the field. But do you have any idea how many like senior engineers only have a printer at home and a shotgun next to the printer in case it moves unexpectedly? (laughs) That is going to be him. That's going to be Ian. I'm slowly descending into craziness. Uh Ian is going to live in the woods. He's going to have an internet connection that goes only through Tor so that way nobody can track him. That Tor also goes through a VPN. He's going to have his current phone, but again, through all of the VPNs, and he's only going to speak to us on end-to-end encrypted chats. Yep, signal from now on. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no longer responding to SMS are. You're like, you've gone full circle. Now you're turning into my cousin, my crazy redneck cousins in the woods. Like you've just gone full circle. I don't know how on earth you get too deep. I went too deep into the rabbit (laughs) hole and here I am. I was talking with Ian earlier today and (laughs) it's because- I'm just uh, angry that they don't follow the standard, man. What what standard? What are we talking about? So Ian just got a new phone and- he did something really crazy with it. He bought so, a Google Pixel 5A, yeah. and he immediately nuked the Google OS on it. <laughs> so what'd you yeah. put on it instead? Uh, it was between Calyx and Graphene, and I ultimately chose Calyx because I figured it's going to so provide for those, me a little bit more ability to deal with stuff. For, for those, those who, unaware, yeah, you can explain. Calyx you know and Graphene are both degoogled operating systems that can be flashed onto any Google. They Pixel are Android device. based. They are based on Android, but so you can run the, Android apps. Yes, well, sort of. <laughs> you can run Android apps. With an asterisk, a pretty big one. All of the Google stuff has been ripped out. There's no Google location stuff, no Gmail. Your Google accounts, if you add it to the device, don't really hook in anywhere. And so it's great for the privacy thing. Google no longer gets my location 340 times a day. They don't get to track my location. They don't get to track a whole bunch of other things. They don't get access to my microphones or my cameras. Contacts. None of that stuff. Yeah, my contacts don't go through them anymore, all that. Meanwhile, I have Google contacts, Google photos. They don't scan my calls, (laughs) Um. et cetera, et cetera, (laughs) so on and so forth. But the opposite side of that coin is that you can't use the Google stuff. If you were used to using Google Maps for your navigation, you can't use that. If you had Android Auto, you can't use that. If you have Gmail, that's... Don't you have Android Auto in your car? <laughs> My car supports it, but I'm using Bluetooth now. Oh, yeah, you're had just using Android plain Auto. Bluetooth. Had, had Android Auto. Android Auto, yes. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I don't know. Google is now changing as of, I don't know, like three days ago of filming. Because you installed a mail client, right? Because uh, you can't use Gmail. Actually... Phone comes with that stock. Calyx comes with Canine Mail, which is just a bone stock IMAP client. IMAP is a ye oldie standard. Yeah, from the very 90s. old standard from the nineties for receiving mail. Basically, everyone should support it. It's how your mail still functions. It's your how your mail, mail still functions, but they they but all of the big mail companies hide it behind a hide it behind a web app. And the reason why they do this for security purposes because IMAP because again it was developed in the nineties is inherently insecure. There's crap loads of security holes and stuff. And even now they run through TLS and SSL, but there's still tons of security holes. And but they're but because all these big companies that do email haven't updated, they haven't bothered changing standards. 
because they said, oh, well, everyone's just going to log into gmail.com or outlook.live.com anyway. Why the, why the hell would we develop a new standard that's better? Yep. So you have to add Google accounts if you want to access a Gmail account. You can't use IMAP anymore. Used to be able to do it just fine. Could add your account as an IMAP account. Not anymore because it's insecure. But Google is still reading all of your inboxes and noting all of your purchases that you've ever made in a spreadsheet and everything. So, I mean, yes, I would like a more secure standard that I can just use without being forced to log into a Google account. Give me something like IMAP that is end-to-end encrypted, whatever. But yeah, because Ian was talking about how he's really upset, as you just said, that he can't use IMAP with Google applications. Well, you still can. You have to give it an app password instead. Yeah, so but you have to give it, each app gets its own password. Is yeah, what the changes. but that requires that you add two-factor authentication, and I don't want two-factor authentication on my Gmail account. I've actually done this before. I've actually hooked into an app that required this. I already had two-factor authentication enabled on my Google account, so it wasn't a big deal to me, but it was still a pain in the butt to get a specific password that only works for this email client. So that way I could access my email. Now, I was just trying to code emails in Python, but he's trying to like use it as his daily and he's going to have to rotate that key out like every 30 days or something like that. That would be insane to use day to day. That's that what I think annoying. too. <laughs> so ultimately I've fallen back to micro G, which is the interpretive layer that is included for Google stuff. Ideally we'll... though, but doesn't micro G isolate them like pretty well? Yeah, it should be. I got to do a little more research on it though. Uh, got to make sure that the accounts can't see each other because that would be bad. That would be bad. I honestly, I, I don't know. I've, I, I've been using Android and or Apple phones since I was 15 and I've never had my biggest complaint. The big reason I switched off of iPhone was not privacy reasons. It was because of I, at the time I was super into emulators and customization of my OS. I mean, if I'm being dead honest, staying on an iPhone is the move for privacy anyway, at least with another asterisk, just like all things depends on your risk assessment. Yeah, more private I, than a Google Pixel. That's for damn I sure. Was, I, but the reason why I was shocked this morning is because Ian basically said I would still prefer SMTP or whatever protocol, IMAP, IMAP protocol, over using a Google protocol, even though it has security vulnerabilities. They're so still I was like, using it on the back that makes end no anyway, sense. Though. Yeah, that makes no sense. To but me. they're so using like, it on the back end, but the end user has no access to it, so therefore it's more secure. Yes. Is it though? You so, say it already has security vulnerabilities. So what's to say? Unless that you're I can't? sniffing a Google data center, you're not going to get into it. <laughs> Who's to say that I'm not sniffing a Google data center? Google is, because they're highly guarded. I don't know if you've ever seen those walkthrough videos. Yeah. Is there like but guards all over like the Google data centers and there stuff? There is, yeah. yeah There's like, like different levels guarded. also, and the more center you go into the data the center, more the more security. Guards there you know? are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I'm really glad to see that Google is keeping my personal security, uh, my, my personal data once safe you, that they're uh, looking at and reading. Once you get to the, the core of the Google data center, there's just a bunch of like fucking juggernauts with like <laughs> with M249 machine guns just standing at the door. And the golden algorithm like... On the shelf in the oh center of the corner data center. <laughs> in a big podium, right? It's like yeah. basically level. a car. You just like blast down a bunch of doors and guards and people, and you grab the, I don't know, golden ticket or the golden. All right, record. Hollywood, you can use that for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm standing next to every extinguisher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. So, Ian, so Ian's okay with everyone seeing his data as long as it's not Google, is what I've determined. <laughs> Or Facebook or basically any of the Fortune 500 tech companies. But the thing is, right, I can configure my mail client to automatically encrypt everything. So that shouldn't be an issue. Every outgoing message I've told you this a hundred times. Why don't you use Proton for your email? Because I can't add it to this phone. 
Why not? Easily. Because I've already told you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's because oh, when you use Proton, you have to use a VPN. Yes, so, you have to use the Proton Mail which, VPN. Or you have to go onto the Proton website. Those yeah. are your options. And I know there were a whole lot of issues that arose. The only issue. The only drama from Proton, drama from Proton is that Proton is exactly. a. Proton is a privacy-focused company, okay? Well, they advertise it a little They advertise as a privacy-focused company. They have their own VPN. They have their own encrypted email service. But then a few months ago, Linus Tech has reported on it. Now they're legally required to log IP addresses by Switzerland. Yeah. Which is where they're based out of. And everyone got all up in arms about it. And I go, guys, why are you worried about it? I, I thought didn't think it was a big deal. Because I think if you're really that privacy-oriented, like Ian is, you're going to use Tor or a VPN anyway. It's So just- why does it matter? Why should they be logging those IPs though, right? I don't know. What if, I don't know, your OPSEC drops for one day and you log in not through a VPN or something. I mean, sure, it's still difficult. You can obviously take those measures because then who knows, maybe it is just another exit node. But it's the ability to relate and figure out this traffic's coming from that IP. This traffic also comes from that IP. Well, I would, I would and also- now we can sort of triangulate who you actually are. If you're not on a VPN and you're using a mobile phone, the only thing they know about you is the cell tower you're using. You could be anywhere within the cell tower's radius. Multiple cell towers means better triangulation. Correct. But that also means that you have to be connected to multiple cell towers. And, and, and it's, I think it's almost random which cell tower it picks of those three to use the IP address of. Even then, I'm pretty sure all cell towers then even get routed through like a central hub. Because when I'm on my phone on cellular and I try to look up what where the IP location of my phone is, it says like Georgia or there, Kansas other things, or like though. some city or some city far, far away your, from us. Your network provider can give you a pretty good pinpoint of where you are. There's your a network provider can, but there, I'm saying the public internet can't. Sure, public internet maybe can't, but... Which I thought is what your main concern was because you're paying them. They, they have your address, man. Like yeah. they have, <laughs> like, well, like more than your private location. Yeah. <laughs> your actual location. Theoretically, have an address, but who knows if it's a privacy card? Throw any address on a privacy card. That's true. You are correct there. I was always wondering with privacy cards if, like, it can be against the law to use them. It's not. I use them all the time, dude. I love it. It probably depends on what you're buying, though. The like, big thing is, be, I don't, I like, like using... you're buying gas or something for your house, like your gas bill or electricity. Well, I believe, I, I use privacy dot com for two reasons this is not sponsored by the way i use them for two reasons one if i'm buying something off of a shady website that i don't 100 trust with my credit card information i'll use a privacy card and even then i'm not buying a large purchase yep two if i have certain recurring bills that i don't trust the company would actually make it difficult to cancel comcast <laughs> microsoft yeah microsoft um so uh they used to i think they're better now the most recent one was uh one of those meal services i used I forget exactly which one, but it was impossible to cancel. You had to call them. It's probably either Blue Apron, well, either Blue Apron or no, Hello Blue Apron. Yeah, use a privacy. It uses the same just kill the card people off. as HelloFresh because when I got text messages, it said your HelloFresh is on its way, oh, even though it wasn't HelloFresh. Was it, was was it like one funny. of the? Was it one of the weird ones that they're like, oh, well, we send you re- like like, um, there's one that sends you like uh, second grade groceries that taste the same. They're like, it tastes the same, but they don't look as pretty or something like that. They look great. I can't remember what it was though. Okay, but either way, like, I- I'm. I, for example, Microsoft, do you know how difficult it is to cancel an Xbox Live membership? I had to do this recently for Haley's sister. Oh, probably very difficult. You I'm have sure to, so you can't cancel your Xbox Live membership from your Xbox. Yeah, you have to log in on a browser. You have to log probably. in on a browser on a separate computer. Yep, and then verify everything. And then verify your email, Does verify your phone number. Does it code on the Xbox as well, so you have to have a... No, just use your phone room. number and your email. Oh, okay, yeah. And then after that, then you can cancel your Xbox Live subscription. And I'm like, I would rather, that's why like any recurring subscription from now on, I just use a privacy card. I think it's a good idea. So that way out of nowhere, I can go on privacy and I can just say cancel, 
It's gone. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I think I'm going to be switching. I will be switching all of my subscription services over to a privacy card for just that reason of ease of cancellation. So do you have to like put money into the privacy card and then no, it it's linked to your bank account. It just, it just, just links account. straight through. It automatically pulls right out of your checking account. The it's, problem there is that you don't get like cash back if you have credit cards or anything like that. Although they correct, have, but they have a premium option. If you pay them like eighteen dollars a month or something, they'll give you cash back at a low percentage. But but otherwise, it's, it's not going to pay for itself anyway. So no, I don't. Really I don't use it. I would for anything that I'm going to use my debit card on anyway. For example, I don't like using my credit card on like monthly subscriptions. I prefer to use a debit card on those. I'm going to use privacy for those instead. Like for my Discord, I just do privacy already. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to probably switch over the 400 fucking streaming services that me and Haley pay over to privacy <laughs> because I don't know why we even have cable. Disney Plus and Disney Plus Plus. We have Netflix. Dude, I can see like You know what the Plus worst part Disney is too? Disney Plus Plus. Everyone <laughs> in her family. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to go on a rant about this. All right. Let's do it. So everybody in her family uses our accounts. But then I sit down, everyone down. I'm like, hey, what if everyone just paid for one account? And they go, no, you pay for all of them. And I go, what the fuck do you mean I pay for all of them? If every single person in this family paid for one or two streaming accounts, we could have all of the accounts for like 10 bucks a month each. But instead, me and Haley have to pay the 50 bucks a month in all of these different streaming services. The only streaming service that we I think get, that you should just cancel one or two of them and say, yeah, we've decided that we don't need it anymore. And I did. watch the fallout ensue. I, like, okay, so the only two streaming services that we don't pay for is her dad pays for Netflix, which is fucking expensive anyway, so I'll give him that one. And then her aunt pays for HBO, uh, HBO Max, is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The HBO one. She pays for the HBO one, which she pays for ad free. HBO Max Ultra Five G. Yeah, now 5G Haley edition. does. <laughs> so Haley pays for Disney Plus and Hulu because she is the bundle. Mm-hmm. So she gets ad free Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN for like twenty bucks a month. That's, that's really, really cool. expensive. And that is cheap for that service, especially for ad free Hulu, dude. I, yeah, I can't. but like three dollars a month for a VPN. And uh, wait, hold up. Well, uh, the reason why we pay for the ad free one is because when. Haley's parents and Haley watches content. It's going to be on um, an ad, st- excuse me, Fire Stick mm. or um, the Samsung TV, the smart TV they have. Pie hole. I know. I know I could pie. I, Ian, I actually pay- there is an open source solution to all of this, but they are average <laughs> consumers. They are not Ian. <laughs> <laughs> what? You mean you don't have a 1080 sitting right at your router? Your router, like the internet comes into your router, goes through a big server box with like a 1080 or something in it, and then goes out into the rest of your home? Ian, Come on, you have bro. to remember that... I, well, I'm well aware. I'm setting know, this I'm up. Just fucking with you. I'm setting this up in such a way where when me and Haley move out, it's foolproof, and we don't have to go over it every week because something broke. That's what I do. Yeah, with my grandmother and my yeah. Dad. Sorry, man. That's gonna cost you way extra. Like I could do it for way less using all these open source tools. Correct. But you I'm could. Not be your you personal could. IT. But you are not. Yeah. yeah, I'm not being your personal yeah. IT. With how much I get paid an hour, that's not happening. Anyway, yeah, right, I'll be your personal IT. But I literally, I literally tried to sit. Uh, I literally tried to sit yeah. everyone down in Haley's family, including like her aunts and her, including her aunts who help, who pay, who use our stuff, and her sisters who use our stuff. Man called an emergency meeting. And whenever they, I'm like, how about everyone just pays for one streaming service and we all share passwords? They all told me no, and I go, what the fuck? Then I don't want you using my fucking passwords anymore. Change your passwords then. I, luckily, so I only pay for personally out of my pocket. I only pay for two streaming services right now. And one of them I only use, which is Spotify. And the other one is Discovery Plus, which again, I'm basically the only one who uses that because I like documentaries. Well, there you go. But Haley pays like 50 bucks a month out of her pocket in streaming services. That's what I was upset about. I was not upset about what I pay for. I was upset what Haley pays for. And then all of her siblings mooch off of. 
I think it is really funny now, right? It used to be, all right, cool. We got cable. We pay so much for cable. We can cut our cable and buy this one streaming service and have everything that we ever need. Yeah, that was back and when Netflix had everything. Now Netflix has nothing. Netflix, honestly, Netflix Haley and I said, dry. we're not, we're not going to use, like, even if Netflix says, oh, you can't password share, we're not going to pay for it. I refuse. It's crap. So I have the same mentality, but with T-Mobile, I get it for free. Oh, yeah. Since you're switching to T-Mobile uh, off of Verizon, you get free Netflix. But here's the thing. Verizon, you get free Disney Plus and Hulu now. No, you don't. You well, you do. To... New customers do. Yeah, I'm, I'm past the new customer status. Yeah, haven't so. you been on Verizon for like since you got a phone? Yeah, six years, seven years. Well, since I... I, I use this fun service called Visible, which is on Verizon cell towers, and it's unlimited data for like 25 bucks a month if you have other friends on your plan. So Ian's going to be hopping on my plan. That's going to drop. Unfortunately, you're sorry. decided not to. What are you uh, going to do instead? Uh, my phone works. I'm able to send and receive messages. So you're just going to stay on your parents' plan? Okay. So I have to. Either way, 35 a month is what I pay now. And I get unlimited data, unlimited hotspot. It's on Verizon cell towers, and there's no contract. I can cancel whenever I want. I mean, I got two SIM slots, so really? I really feel like I need the unlimited data. Yeah. So, Kyle, if you need cheaper phone plans, yeah, let maybe. me know. Yeah, maybe, because I, I pay for my own phone plan by myself. How yeah, and every device we add, it drops ask. the bill. Every device you add, you pay per device, but you drop the bill by $5 down to $25. I think I pay $70 a month for T-Mobile. Do you have just one? Do you just have your phone and that's it? Only my phone. See, you could pay like, or you could pay 20, it would be 30 a month if you were to my plan with is the unlimited data high speed uh it's unlimited data full speed at verizon but the hotspot is only five meg so my only problem is i have a couple friends i have at work who each have verizon but their 5g will constantly connect but it won't work quite right like it doesn't barely it doesn't connect and so as a result they'll like google something and it just won't load and they have to go and have to disable 5g and then re-enable it and they'll pop on the 3g well, network and then they'll yeah, 5G, honestly, from Verizon is horrible. Yeah, it's trash, I hear. So I haven't had that much of an That's issue, trash. but I also live in an area where 5G is not common. Mm -hmm. So I've never had to worry about it. And when I do have 5G, I have full bars of 5G, and I don't have to think about it, and it just works. Like, for example, it works on campus. It works in uh, in the town. And out in the country where I live, though, I don't have 5G anyway, so I never worry about it. Yeah, like I'm wondering how people. that's going to work, because you say they hop to 3G? I think they turn off their data and they turn back on their data and then it'll go to the 4G tower. Okay. It doesn't like reroute to the 4G. Yeah. Because you said 3G and I'm like, well, they're discontinuing 3G by the end of the year. Well, the other yeah, the other mobile carrier that I used to use is called Mint, which is, fun fact, owned by Ryan Reynolds himself. Um, sexiest man alive. Sexy. Mm -hmm. Dude, I got a voicemail for him during the pandemic when I had them. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a, it was a marketing thing. They had they had he had they he had they had Ryan Reynolds record a voicemail. They sent it to all of his customers, and it basically said, "Hey, yeah, since everyone's stuck inside, I'm gonna upgrade everyone to unlimited data until the pandemic's over." No way! Yeah, they upgraded me to unlimited data for free for like a year or something like that, huh. which is really cool. That's but, really not bad. But the but... idea is with Mint is that you prepay in advance, so like you'll prepay for a year of phone plan. But you'll get it for like 20, 15 to 20 bucks a month at equivalent. Yeah. That, really that's cheap. good unless you travel at all. Like if you go to not uh, it works in, It States. works in Canada, Canada and Mexico, Mexico automatic, yeah. automatically. But if you go outside the United States, you have to buy a roaming plan, which is an extra five bucks a month. Oh, that's really not bad then. No. I consider switching to Google Fi. Sorry, I'm used to Verizon and you go like over uh, uh, their cap by like a gigabyte and you immediately get billed like $50. You go out of the country. Dude, that's why I quit like using Verizon bucks or something ridiculous. Fuck yeah. Verizon. I will never switch back to Verizon themselves. I'm fine with visible because they're on Verizon cell towers. I haven't had a problem with them. The customer that's my service standing of Verizon. Their least. customer service is fine. Their data speeds is good enough for me. And then the hotspot is fast enough for when the little bit I have to use it. 
but I would never go through Verizon themselves ever again. They are too damn expensive. Oh, yeah, very $210 much so. $210 a month for three devices. Yeah. And one of them wasn't even connected to 4G. Right. Ooh. <laughs> when wow. I had Sprint, they gave us Hulu, but it was Hulu with ads. <laughs> Which I think is weird because Hulu is now like majority owned by Disney, like by a long shot. Really? Yeah. So when they bought out Fox, Fox, 20th Century Fox, they didn't buy out the news company. They bought 20th Century Fox. I don't understand where y'all like understand and hear and like figure this out. Cause I, I don't know who is owned by who, but I don't he, really He care gave up either. on America with all of the corporations and who owns who. Basically Disney. So you should assume <laughs> Disney, Microsoft, or maybe Facebook. <laughs> Disney, Microsoft, or Facebook are probably the big ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Meta. so. Meta, yeah, Meta, excuse me. Yeah, Sorry. Wait, who owns Sorry, Amazon, Zuckerberg. Amazon owns a whole shitload of Amazon stuff. does too, but Amazon brands it if they do. Alphabet. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah Amazon Alphabet. likes to brand it if they own it. But but Google, Google. I mean, uh, Google slash Alphabet company. will be kind of hush-hush. Disney will be Disney will be super hush-hush. Disney will not let you explicitly know. I'm pretty sure that Walt, that, uh, Walt Disney had a quote about DRM saying that DRM was not working or non-functional if the consumer knows about it. Yes, he does. He yeah. did say something along those lines. What does DRM mean again? Digital rights management. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Disney himself. It was like one of the he- execs oh, one of at Disney the head executives. Yeah, yeah. But well, that was so a while ago. What's the super fast explanation of DRM? DRM controlled content has some form of controls in it, which limit what you're able to do with it. You're not allowed to play it in a non-DRM browser and a few or like things. you have to be logged into an account logged to use it. Account to For use example, it. your Steam games are DRM. Steam games are DRM. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, so. But Disney, when they bought out 20th Century Fox, either, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before. I don't remember when it was. But 20th Century Fox owned, Disney already owned like 30% of Hulu, okay, since Hulu is a privately traded company. And then uh, 20th Century Fox owned like 50% of it. And when they bought out 20th Century Fox, now Disney owns a huge majority share in Hulu. Now, yes, you, the consumer, can go and buy Hulu stock right now. But your couple hundred dollars in Hulu is insignificant to the billions that Disney has in Hulu. So, fun fact, uh, media is basically owned by Disney and UMG and maybe Sony a little bit. Just a little bit. All right, on a less depressing topic. Well, maybe depressing for Ian. Um, (laughs) So, I was given the opportunity to use Kyle's MacBook for a week. You're welcome. It is. Yes, thank you so much for letting me do that. Oh, wait, no, it has been a week. It has been a week. It's been exactly one week, and it didn't even take me a full week Probably took you three days. It, no, it took me. It took me six days. Okay. I worked. I, I was on the MacBook. I was using the MacBook for six days, and sitting over there is my brand new MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask how how'd it go or how was it, but uh, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah. yeah. I now am the proud owner. Well, sort of. I am now the user of a MacBook Pro. I don't believe I'm technically the owner because my company paid for it. Um, but. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's my MacBook Pro. I'm going to be using it extensively. It's probably my daily driver PC outside of the house from now on. Um, I actually hooked up at my desk. I hooked up a dock now. So instead of when I'm when I'm working, I no longer use my desktop anymore. My desktop is now purely for video games and for um, pastime. It is no longer used for um, work as well. Yeah, Mac machines are really great for work because you it's literally can't get on them really. What? As soon as desktop's going to become a Hackintosh. My yep. des- no, my desktop is going to probably go back to Windows only. He's going to flash iOS to his Android phone. I, that is, <laughs> oh my God, that'd be a fun project to try. Um, oh, good luck. I know. It'd be, it would take months of engineering work. compile all the source code for iOS? I spent the last 97 years of my life installing iOS on this Google Pixel 5 <laughs> in 2020. 
<laughs> that would, uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm actually quite enjoying it. I am genuinely impressed. So one of the biggest things for me when I buy a device is I want a good quality build quality is like one of the top things for me. If I'm going to be touching it daily, if I'm going to be using it daily, I want a device that feels solid. I don't have problems with from a mechanical slash hardware standpoint. Hi, and <laughs> what? Hi, how are you? Yeah, Mr. Ian over here likes to buy the cheapest device where he can flash his own firmware onto. And half the time it won't work. It's like, it's okay, it still works. <laughs> <laughs> he has a laptop that basically screams when you turn it on now. Yeah. yeah. And when we play Halo, it just dies. Don't buy an Acer computer. <laughs> it might but be okay now, but... I would rather spend... So when I went out last year and I had a, an okay paycheck and I wanted to buy a new laptop, I said, all right, I'm going to try to do the full-time Linux lifestyle. And I switched over to Arch Linux and I used Arch Linux on that laptop full time until I took a class where I had to have Windows, which kind of sucked, but oh well. And I used Arch full time and I love that laptop. The XPS laptops have great build quality. They're super light. They're super thin. But the lightness and the thinness was its downfall. It's too easy to break. I, dude, this was my computer I used by far the most. I use this computer every day for four to eight hours a day. What are you doing? Folding your computer in half? Well, yeah, a wall. it likes to warp. The, the Dell XPS laptops have been known because they're so thin. They oh, like yeah, to warp. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. If the battery puffs too much, they like warp and yeah. Well, my issue up. wasn't that they were, it was warping because of that. My issue was it was in my backpack over the weekend when I wasn't using it and it was laying at a weird angle and it twisted the laptop just enough that you noticed. Just enough. So when well, I set it on, twist it back. So when I set it on a table, it wouldn't lay flat, and you could click, you could hit one of the corners, and it would go, and it wasn't flat. You know, what my solution was textbooks. <laughs> I set it on a desk, I put a bunch of textbooks on it, left it over the weekend, came back to it, it was flat again, but the trackpad broke. Oh, not broke per se. Like it couldn't, it wasn't usable. The trackpad was no longer flat. When the laptop curve trackpad and my trackpad when it warped. The one side was raised and the other side was just digging into the, the chassis. Here at Dell, we've mm. come up with an innovative new trackpad yeah, I was like, <laughs> The warped trackpad. Curve trackpad. Now, part of it was the fact Sorry. that I abused the... I, I, I'll admit it. Like, especially on a device I use every day, I, my devices are very well used. To match your curved monitor and the curved glass <laughs> on your phone, we've curved this trackpad, too, for mm -hmm. maximum usability. And I was originally going to Everything's get... Everything's a sphere. Either way, I was going to get a new laptop this year i decided i want i because like i i tried for one year i tried the 13 inch ultrabook lifestyle how long have you had that 13 inch laptop? a year oh my god i've only had it for a year and then and there's me over here who buys a device hoping to use it for five or ten years it's already been five years for you hasn't it no it's only like three that laptop's gonna keep going for another two years <laughs> you got the laptop three years ago yeah. No, you got that. No, it was more than three. You got that laptop right before we started college no during the first uh year of college okay either way your laptop is tired. You're man. right. It isn't three years. It's older than that. But either way, I either I way, the, it's tired, and I'm still gonna wait. I don't know. Well, well you said you're gonna build a desktop anyway. Yeah, I'm building. That's a topic anyway. for another day. Anyway. Um, but anyway, I've been using the XPS, and I really do enjoy it. But it is noticeably used. Like you can tell. I I, I think the XPS laptops are great while they're new, but the second you start like wearing them in, the the quality degrades way faster than I ever thought it would. The keys feel mushy now. The trackpad is warped, as we've discussed. Curved. Excuse me. Corped. Curved, excuse me. Corp. Corpse. It's a corpse. <laughs> My trackpad is a corpse. I've killed it. Um, but, like... I, well, it's still a good laptop, and I'm going to keep it. That my, my XPS is now going to be my Linux laptop. It is so... I've decided what I'm going to do with all three of my daily driver computers. 
My, my laptop is going to be Linux only. It is going to be my Linux laptop. It's going to be my Linux test bed. My desktop is going to be Windows only. It's only going to be for games. And then my MacBook is going to be my uh, work PC. That's Honestly, going to be what I do all my developer work This is showing me that I'm very, very cheap. I'm incredibly cheap. One device, one device. You're cheap when it comes to money, but you're okay with cheap. giving away lots of time right now. Yeah, apparently. Well, I do give away a lot of time. You're right. Yeah, just in like debugging your own laptop and stuffs, making sure it works. I waiting like, the time for it to restart. The older I get, the more. more. Yeah, I'm the, slowly getting there where I'm willing to spend more more money to deal with time and whatever, deal with the trade-offs, but I don't know. The Part deeper, of me is also because I'm a tinkerer. I like yeah, so you do. I, I mean, that's stuff. the thing, though. I'm a tinkerer, too. But the deeper Different I get, level of tinkering, yeah. The, yeah. the deeper I get into this industry, the le- the more I realize why developers switch to Mac and switch to hassle-free devices is because, yes, they do like tinkering, but the problem is if they tinker, they'll do it forever and they won't get any work done. <laughs> Not only that, but you'll like try to be tinkering on something and then something else will break. And I'm like, okay, got to tinker on that in order to get it, fix it. And then something else it's will like break. It's like that one scene from Malcolm in the Middle where the dad has to go to the store to get a light bulb and then he goes into the drawer and then something breaks and then he goes to the car and something else breaks. And then by the end of the whole thing, he's like changed the light bulb. He's fixing the brakes on the car. He's And there's like a whole <laughs> list of things. And then his wife goes, I thought you were going to the store. I am. And then he pulls himself under the car to try to fix it more. <laughs> <laughs> What's it look like I'm doing? <laughs> What's it look like I'm doing and then like that's basically me how i was for like the first month i used arch linux like every house of cards but i'm tired of a house of cards i want i want to be able to sit down and get some work done i want a cementable house of cards yeah and even then like i spent yesterday customizing the mac like i I added raycast i added a different terminal i had to install vs code and everything i I installed all my dev tools customization but yeah i guess a mac probably has a little more customization than what an iphone feels like yes it does it does have significantly more than an iphone and honestly i think the customizations i've done on the mac i prefer over to what i usually do on windows now will i replicate what i've done on the mac on other os's probably actually yeah i kind of want to get like us that that style of the raycast style slash spotlight style of launcher on linux efficiency sort of thing yeah i i I'm probably going to go the route of a bunch of my, how some of my coworkers are, where they're like super into hyper efficiency. Like you have to be able to access anything in just a few clicks. You have to be able to access anything else like immediately, very quickly. Yeah, I remember at the very beginning of this week when you were first trying out the Mac and you were customizing stuff, you realized how many customizations people are making to their Macs. And you're like, at what point, instead of customizing the Mac, you just start out like just using Linux and just doing full. That's probably my biggest my biggest complaint so far is that everyone I've talked to tells me to do all these customizations. Like guys, why don't you just use Linux? Like at this point, the reason why though is because Mac like works pretty well, except like there's inefficiencies in a lot of places, and so your customizations is going from something that works more tuned. Where on Linux, you start from nothing. Nothing works, and you have to like build up. You know, so you might occasionally find a gap where you're like in a hole, and then you gotta like Google your way out of that hole. Where Mac, it defaults point, to yeah. like, the default it'll work still. The default for Mac is a functional... Okay, then start with computer. Ubuntu. Yeah. There, there, I, I have had Ubuntu on a computer, on a computer before, and because you don't have the drivers that were in that particular machine, it just won't work now. And then I have to Google. Oh, wait, I can't Google. Okay, I need to go on my phone. Oh, wait, I'm on old 3G at this point. I need to wait like 10 minutes to get the response back. Yeah, hey, I, I'm just I'm just pulling out hypotheticals know. because yeah. as I've already stated, I, I already have the Mac. I'm using it. <laughs> He's already right, right. Got I'm, the Mac. He's already <laughs> succumbed. I'm just giving an example from my past life as to why yeah, that yeah. was a, a problem. And I'm not the like I but I'm coming from I actually was originally on Apple when I first started like getting really into tech. 
So my first phone, my first smartphone was an iPhone 5. And I actually quite like that. Quentin, wasn't your one of your first smartphones also an iPhone? It was an iPhone 4. iPhone 4. Did you have it when we met? I might have had the 5. My, my family liked to switch carriers a lot before I got my own. And uh, So you'd swap, they'd buy out your contract, you'd get a new phone, they'd swap, buy out the contract, you'd get a new phone. <laughs> yeah, I went from an iPhone to an iPhone 4S to an iPhone 5 to an iPhone 5S and then to an iPhone oh 6S. Yeah, they switched carriers That feels really annoying to me because I like to spend a lot of time like customizing my phone and getting it exactly where well, I want it. Well, if it's on an iPhone, there's not really not that much to do. Yeah, I know. That's it also, also transfers. True, yeah. You like plug in the new phone and all your custom most of your customizations come over. I'm an Android guy. Most Actually, of my customizations have to be recreated in different. They'll come over if you phones. stay in the same line. I, it's like Google to Google I or Samsung to Samsung. Switch around a lot depending on which line is most consumer friendly. And honestly, the answer is none of them. But I want a framework for phones. To be honest, that'd be pretty good. Like honestly, if I were so if I were as I'm gonna say if I didn't get a MacBook, I would have bought a framework. If, if, I, if that was the case, if I wasn't going to get the MacBook, I would have got the Framework laptop. It would have been running Arch Linux. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't gotten the Framework laptop. Yeah, Ian, actually, that's uh, why isn't that, that going to be your next thin client? Get the cheapest Framework it's laptop? It's so expensive. It is so. expensive, but you're the one who's like, I want right to repair. And if you want right to repair, you got to start somewhere, and it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Yeah, right to repair it's, costs it's, money. It, you're not wrong, and it's plausible. It might. I'll just continue waiting like I always do. until He'll, he'll buy like a three-year-old used one is what he's going to end up doing. <laughs> Maybe. I don't have an issue buying used devices. As long as they're reliable and still decent, a used device is just fine by me. That's why, like, when you guys were having a conversation in the Casual Coders Discord about how I use, you guys use your phone for at least four years, and I'm over here like, I'm going to upgrade my phone at the end of this year, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I yeah, it was really Kyle funny and I are the opposite of you guys. We like to upgrade our devices phone. constantly. Yeah, I didn't used to. I do now because I have the money to. Yeah, the ability to. Exactly. Now, now that I'm getting the ability to as well, I want to upgrade my devices all the time. You were yeah. the one that shit on me constantly for upgrading constantly. I did. I did used to shit on Quentin because he'd get like a new computer every six months or a new phone every six months, and now that's what's gonna happen to me. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, we have all right, hypocritical. It's it's October. Oh, the new MacBook came tabled. out. Uh, how the turntables no it's gonna be like october the new macbook come out and i'll be like steven we need an upgrade and then i'm gonna the new iphone's gonna come out i'm gonna get that or or the pixel i still haven't decided which i'm gonna gonna be one of those people who drop a thousand dollars on a new phone every year i have the money to soon it's going to be 1500 and then two grand you know inflation To be fair, I would not spend, I think I would spend $1,000 on a phone. I would not, well, as of today, with current inflation, I would spend $1,000 on a phone. I The most I think I'd spend on a phone is really like $500. I don't the need most I would a top-line crazy phone. I just need a reliable Honestly, you are correct. On. Realistically, out of I, I do not play games on my phone. I do not do heavy tech. My phone is for Discord, email, text message. I use my phone as communication. I actually use my phone for what it's for That's, at this point sort of where I'm at. And yeah. that's why I'm on Calyx because I want the privacy features without, you know, all the other fluff. But here's the other garbage. thing. I think my, about the weak sauce. Make it work. My phone is also my primary camera though. Exactly. I would Exactly. I would rather spend $1000 and get a phone that has a stellar camera, a good battery life, and good build quality. Okay, yeah, I'm never going to use the full processor. I'm never going to use all the RAM. I'm probably never going to use all the storage. This is more than enough for me. Well, dude, I have Zoom a Pixel. This yeah, literally no. has the it's same the camera same as my phone. Camera as the five. And it looks great. It looks great. I 100% agree More with than you. I ever need. Open but here's the thing. Privacy, all that shit. Do you have an a headphone jack? Yeah. Oh, you do. I didn't realize that the 5A had a headphone jack the at 6A all. The 6A won't. The 6A won't? Yeah. 
That's correct. That's a little unfortunate. I'm really upset about that because I was waiting. I was like, okay, well, if I have to upgrade, I'll look for a 6A maybe if that's going to have the headphone jack. And then they're like, <laughs> no. So I'm like, all right, 5A. Well, I'm already on Bluetooth anyway, so I'm, I'm not that upset if the new phones don't have headphone jacks. Wired headphones. I was looking into... If I have to transition in the future to a phone that has that doesn't have a headphone jack, I will literally buy a Theo BTR5 first to continue using wired headphones. Over I'm before. assuming this is a, a DAC and or it's a headphone. A little, it's a little tiny portable like Bluetooth. Like, is it Bluetooth or is it USB-C? Thing. It's USB-C and Bluetooth. Okay, you so do both. So it functions as a DAC and it also, yeah, right. So connect a wired pair of headphones to it. You can even place, you can place a phone call on a pair of HD 600s. Nice. So here's another, uh, there's another person in, in this group that used to use Apple constantly and that would be Quentin. Really? I you used to have a Mac Mini, or you still do have that Mac Mini, right? I do. And um, so I got it as a gift for, so when I got it, I went to a local school that uses an eagle as its mascot. So that way we can keep a little bit of privacy. Yeah, there's a lot of schools. Know. There's a lot of schools with eagles as mascots. Um, Every school has a bee is my thought, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> those are there, right? Or it's bears. like the most Jackets or bees like, or hornets. Yeah. Or, jackets, bees, hornets. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the school that I went to. They only used Apple products. So that's where I got introduced to Final Cut. Um, I got introduced got to GarageBand. That's why I wanted the Mac. And I was in middle school, and my cousin had a Mac Mini. He would let me play on it because I would go over to his house afterwards to wait for my folks to pick me up from school and all that because it was closer. Um, my parents, for my birthday one year, Bought that exact Mac Mini off of him because he was upgrading. And I used that well until I bought and built my own PC. Well, I bought a pre-built PC. Um, but I used it for a good six years. I still have it. We played games together on this computer. Like, this is what he used to play Minecraft and, like, a bunch of Valve games. Left 4 Dead 2. I always think it's super ironic that uh, the Java edition of Minecraft is the only one that's available on the Mac. The Bedrock Edition is supposed to be available on all devices, mm. except for Mac. But you can run I- iOS apps on Mac now, so you can just get the iOS, <laughs> the iOS version. <laughs> That's funny. I think it the really work. funny thing is that when I was 11 years old, I wanted a MacBook Air. I wonder how different a person I would have been had I actually went through with that purchase when I was 11. <laughs> what was the reasoning? Do you remember? Uh, it was too expensive, I think. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just buy like a $500 laptop. Like, why did you want it? Why did I want it? Yeah. Because I wanted a computer to like play games with my friends. Which is and, not the computer yeah, you would buy to play games <laughs> in your, with your friends. I don't even know why. I just wanted a computer. Any computer. Yeah, right. I, it, I was 11 years, I, I I was was 11 years old. I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. tech at that point. I didn't care. I just wanted a computer. Well, I was always the status told, of it, really. Like, oh, the Apple computers yeah. are too expensive. We can't afford them. And then I'm like, I, then I want them more. <laughs> I understood money, I guess, at that point. I don't know. And I was like, uh, $1,000 is too much. I'm not going to do that. I have an iPod good enough. And but, so I ended up with a Windows computer. And that Windows computer served me well. I still have that Windows computer. But it sounds like... day, it is very old. It's over a decade old, I think. After talking to Quentin, though, earlier today, him and I were on the phone, it sounds like casual coders, other than, uh, other than Alex and Ian, might turn into a final cut shop. Because Quentin says he wants to try out Final Cut now to edit videos. I'm, I'm, one, VM, I'm curious whatever. as to how much it's changed since I last used it. When we go to lunch, I'll let you try it out. Yeah, it's really nice, actually. Yeah, and I, I, have uh, it, I put it on your Mac, too. I was borrowing it. so <laughs> I personally use Filmora because I didn't feel like paying like a hundred and nine, like hundred to 
a couple hundred dollars a month or a year. It's a one-time payment. It's a one-time payment, lifetime subscription. For yeah, for Final for, Cut. For oh, I'm talking about for Filmora. Oh, what yeah. I uh-huh. use. Yeah, Final Cut's uh, that way too. So I'm. That's another reason why I was looking into it. I still have my Mac Mini. I'm going to see if I can't just kind of like retrofit it or make it. The only issue run is a little bit it's faster. It's a little old. That's the only thing I'm. I concerned think it's from about. 2012. Yeah. So I think <laughs> I, only a little old. That's ancient in, in computer years. <laughs> yeah. Right. That thing's to a be dinosaur. fair, Apple always like, oh, our computers last 10 years. Well, it was been 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give that a try. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you mentioned, though, you'd be willing to maybe look into the newer M1 Mac Minis as well. I actually was looking at it when we were sitting here earlier. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, so fun fact, the M1 Mac Minis have the exact, a very, very similar, I don't think they're the exact same, but very, very similar internals to the MacBook that Kyle has. And since uh, there's, they also have one that's the same as yours, actually, with a... With even better than yours, with the new Mac yeah, Studio. Yeah, but that's a studio. That's actually that, what I was looking you at. You were looking at the studio, yeah, the $2,000 Because it costs the one. same... It's $1,000 less than the one that you have over there, Okay, but it has about the same. It has the same processor and stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, like, I don't, I use an iPad for work, so I do use Apple products daily. But um, other than that, I don't really use my laptop anymore because I'm no longer traveling like how I used to. So every time, I'm on, my com- every time I'm on my computer, I'm sitting up on a desk at home. So it wouldn't make sense for you to buy like a MacBook Air or like a MacBook Pro. No. Yeah. I get that. What I'm really excited for is coming out this year, I forget exactly what it's called, but there's going to be one of those Mac boxes that's coming out. That's like the pro model of the box. Well, yeah, they said they're going to be upgrading. the. So the Mac Studio was not their pro replacement, which I was yeah. very surprised the to Mac hear. The Mac Pro will come out. The Mac Pro is what the new, like, I don't, like the, the Mac Studio for its, I mean, it's a little, honestly, I like Apple products. I don't hate them, but I do think the Mac Studio is a little overpriced for what it is. I think the Mac Mini is reasonably priced, but I think the Mac Studio is overpriced. But I understand. I saw a Mac Studio crush a GTX uh, 3090 and an AMD Ryzen 59. But only in video editing. In video editing. Only in video editing. That's the problem. That's like for our use case as casual coders for video editing, the Mac is perfect because yeah, it is it like super performant. It's really, really like snappy to use. And like, and it, for my developer tasks that I'm using at my job, Mac is perfect because all the code that I'm running runs on Linux. I can run Docker on the Mac and I can run Linux VMs, full x86 Linux VMs, even though it's an ARM chip. It's that fast. It's crazy. It is crazy that it's that fast. But anyway, I, I can run all of the stuff like in for work. It's fine. And plus uh, the one big reason that Steve wanted me to get a Mac is for cohesion. I was the only person in the whole company that wasn't using a Mac. So he's like, Hey Chandler, you want a Mac? I'm like, hell yes. I want a Mac pro. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, it might be different if I was offered something too. like if, yeah, here, we'll give you this like well, really honestly, expensive computer. I might say yes to that. I think I would have bought one anyway. Know. I'm really leaning it. I think I, I would have. Now, I don't think I would have bought the Pro for myself. I think I would have bought the Air or the or the M1, the one that Kyle has. Maybe for the next video that we film, I'll also have to borrow your MacBook Air and become an Apple <laughs> too. Yes. Oh, yes, I'm we need to make it. I'm going to do yeah, that. I think I'm you'll hate it, but I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, yeah, because, I'm going to be ripping my hair out left and right. Yeah, because right now when Chandler hits like a roadblock, it's like, oh, I wonder how Mac does this. This will be really interesting to learn. 
where you and I think it would be like, it won't even do this. Why? <laughs> that is exactly. Well, every time I, I hit a I road have block. such a different lens from the rest of you that I view this world and it's probably not. a. Well, good I'm lens. so, so I'm so used to the Mac keyboard shortcuts at this point that I'm honestly thinking about switching my Linux PC over to running the Mac keyboard shortcuts. And so then there's going to be me like window shortcut, window shortcut. Where's the windows key? This is terrible. I hate this. It's very interesting. Why won't control work? And I just command. <laughs> oh, disgusting. I, yeah. I will say that getting used to, especially on my my sixty percent keyboard that I use daily. When I so when I plug into my monitor, I also plug in my my keyboard and my I use a wireless mouse. I'm so different from y'all. I need my ANSI one hundred and four. But anyway, I'm using I'm using this keyboard, all right. And honestly, hitting Command and then like the S key is a little cramped because I have fucking Sasquatch hands. But on the MacBook Pro itself, it's actually not cramped at all because the keyboard is bigger than my daily driver keyboard. <laughs> Premium, but, but either way, I, I actually I got used to it. I've been using it, no problem, really fast. Like I I think that the Mac is going to be my new daily driver Mint. for Mint. work reasons. <laughs> That's Mint. what I did. Mint. Mint. <laughs> but yeah, Quentin, I'd be. I, I think everyone in the Casual Coders group should borrow Kyle's MacBook for a week and try it out. I think it would be an interesting video to basically say, "All right, we all tried Apple for a week, and we're all open source nerds. Who switched? Switch. You guys already I'm know the, my answer. See what I can do with my Mac Mini first. Okay, but either way, um, Quentin will probably end up switching. I think I think you will. I really do think you will switch at least for video editing and for like work. I think you'll switch to the Mac, which I think makes sense. Yeah. Kyle, I'm surprised you haven't already. What do you mean? I have both. You do have both, but you I don't. I you... have switched. Yeah, but, but you use switched. you use your desktop more than anything else. I do. Yes, this is true. And your work PC, your your work PC, which is running Windows. Yeah, and you edit in DaVinci. I do edit in DaVinci, which is available on both platforms. DaVinci is actually so the one reason I wanted to learn DaVinci is because it's the only video editor available on Linux, the only like major video editor that's available on Linux. I should do that, which is why if, Ian, if, why haven't you tried DaVinci? Of anyone, out of everyone, yeah, out of everyone group, here, you that should be the one to use DaVinci. I know I can't get over the weirdness of the program. It just looks so weird to me coming from Premiere. I just I can't. I like at least Kyle's like, like oh, it. it doesn't matter I mean, what Kyle's. The on. problem <laughs> is that it means that I have to do another time investment, and I don't want to spend my time learning a new thing like that. I'd rather do my. I'd rather spend my time working on something else. This that is I the same more. reason why Kyle like, was afraid of me switching to Final Cut is because I'm going to learn Final Cut and he's not going to. I'm not going to want to learn Premiere, or DaVinci, or DaVinci. Which DaVinci? There's yeah. a difference though. DaVinci is free. Yeah, DaVinci yeah, is free. I don't know. Not paying monthly. Yeah, I don't know. And even I'd if we do need to buy a DaVinci license, three hundred dollars once. Waiting for Halo to boot back up. I'd rather spend my time working on other projects. I don't even play video games anymore. But well, we've also discussed once we have a revenue stream, we might just hire an editor anyway. Uh, yeah, that would be very nice. That would be the ideal solution. Or just yeah. make so if you're out there, do all of it. Let us know. Yeah, if you're out there. I don't know. Do we, we don't have a... Info at casualcoders.dev. There you anyway. go. It'll be, you'll be an intern for like the first year. <laughs> you'll be an unpaid intern for, I don't know, a while. <laughs> you mentioned that you have a friend, though, who might be willing to edit, but we have to pay him, right? Hmm? Yes. Do we want to hey, talk we'll to him? Like. Use our first revenue, our little bit of revenue to, to see pay if we him. can pay Shop.casualcoders.dev. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. We just sold out. Yeah, well, no, we, we still have three and 11. That's crazy, though. So, so for but reference, right, this podcast comes out, we'll be sold out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we may have new stock by the time this podcast goes out. It just depends Hopefully. on how everything falls into place. Yeah, because we, we, but anyway, Kyle. Yeah, we've sold out of our first product. I yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's really, really cool. Yeah, we, I, I purchased 100 and I'm like, all right, 100. That feels like a lot. That's a lot of money. I have no clue if this then we is sold ever out. take off. 
And it's been, I don't know, two months, less than two months that we've sold out. So crazy. For like a really niche product that we didn't think anyone would care about. Yeah, that too. That's the crazy part. You just don't realize how many PS4 controllers are out there. You know? Oh, millions of them. Yeah. Half the people though, like it's really annoying because like when we showed off the video on TikTok, which got like 500,000 views or something, it did pretty well. Um, half, viral. half the people in the comments were like, why will not you just switch to PS5? I'm like, because poor people exist, you asshole. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you switch to Listen, man, I spent a year of my life, but I did something cool. Instead of sitting on my ass looking through TikTok, I went out and learned a skill that I can use in the real world to do something, to get a job, to make a difference. You can learn on TikTok. You can, but are you going Our to? video about how a hard drive works got 15,000 views. Yeah. I don't know. Learn about how to convert a PS4 controller to USB-C learn about it yeah but i actually did it yeah but but kyle actually re-edited your video and actually did like a one minute version of your tutorial on it yeah that was pretty crazy what'd you use to edit that by the way uh davinci resolve you did use davinci to edit that i've i i don't know at some point i'm just gonna have to sit down with you and you're gonna have to show me how it works and give me all the keyboard shortcuts i think ripping off your hand and forcing you to use davinci is the better solution yeah because I've know. been using Final Cut by myself, and that's how I've learned the fastest. Because I need to, every five minutes, be like, how to do this Final Cut yep. Pro. Exactly. I just don't want to, because it's in my nature to say, I don't know how to do it. I'm just going to fall back to the thing I know how to do and know how to use. I already know all of these pieces of software. I'm going to continue to use them. Yeah, so when I was using Final Cut on the MacBook, it actually felt kind of slow. But also, you have half the GPU cores that I have now. I think it was because, and plus, I think you only get like one ProRes stream on the MacBook. No, maybe two. I get two. You get two, and I get four. Double. I get double. And then double on the on the speed. on the studio that Quentin was looking at, you get eight. Yeah, eight. <laughs> double again. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the only issue so my biggest complaint about video editing with the Mac is that, oh my god, Quentin, if you do buy the Mac Studio, dude, get a fuckload of storage. So when you edit with the Mac, it converts or you can have it convert all your video over to what's called Apple ProRes, which is their proprietary video format, which is known for being super fast and super high quality because it's lossless, but it's massive. So our podcasts that we filmed to, for another thing that we did. Sorry, I can hear the plosives. Sorry. For, so one of the podcasts we filmed that was editing had the issue of it was like 400 gigabytes for the one podcast because it was a lossless format. So I... And it's not ungradable either. No, and I don't have the storage, and that MacBook only has a 512 gig SSD. <laughs> I think that was the max that I could actually order off of Best Buy, too. What was? 512. For Best Buy, yeah, but if you order it from Apple, it'll you can get a little more. Wow. You can you can also... That also is guaranteed that I have $2,000 to drop right now. That's true. Because... <laughs> uh, can you change the SSD in a Mac? Nope. No, yeah, you can only add an SSD externally through you, like a USB-C that port. Would, that would drive me insane. Port. I need at least the To be fair, to again, the average... So deal with that. But the, I'm more technical a user. Again, the Mac I'm, Studio... I'm comfortable pulling out, like completely disassembling a computer and pulling stuff out. At this point, I'd be comfortable replacing resistors on logic boards. Like, I, I don't Yeah, that's care. the problem. You got to remember is that I'm, Apple is I'm aimed... such a different consumer than what Apple an Apple product is aimed at. Is yeah. genius. Because Apple's target audience is either the average user or the average prosumer. And even then, the average prosumer isn't going to want to rip apart their computer to repair it. The average prosumer is going to want to sit down, get some work done, and then maybe check a few emails and watch some Netflix on their device. That's what the average prosumer does. If you're a PC gamer, you're going to buy a PC or a Steam Deck or whatever else. You're not going to buy a Mac. And then, like, movie studio. So the Mac studio is aimed at 
middle to large sized content creation and like media creation. That's literally why it's called the Mac Studio, at least from what I've read, at least in my opinion as well. Makes sense. That's why it's called the Mac. The Mac Pro. That's the nuts one. That's the crazy one. They're, the new Mac Pro is rumored to be a rack mounted computer. Yeah, or have a rack mount option. But the, the the current Mac Pro has a rack mount option, but How it's an optional case. Rack mount, interesting. So well, because how are you GitHub, getting over to desks? Are you using those super long, like Thunderbolt cables? So, um, or, I don't know. Fun fact: Did you know GitHub Actions allows you to run automated scripts on Apple oh, computers? I see. Okay. So their cluster is just a shitload of Mac Pros in a data center somewhere. <laughs> but apparently, the other option is it does have Thunderbolt Four. You can get like a uh, a Linus Tech Tip style yeah, setup tip style where setup. you run like a hundred foot Thunderbolt cable to your workstation, which honestly I would do. That's kind of cool. The Apple Pro display. I would do that, but I would do that for my gaming PC. I would consider it. I'm just not not sure how that would work with Linux. Or I'm going to build a desktop in the future, and that desktop is well, no. going to run Linux. So speaking of Linux and Thunderbolt support, I haven't. My laptop had perfect Thunderbolt like run like Thunderbolt four worked on Linux. But how does that work on a custom built machine? You'll just have to find good luck. Yeah. Good luck finding a motherboard that has Thunderbolt four on it. Is what I'm going to say to you. The cheapest one was the Asus Pro Art or something like that. And it was like 600 bucks I'm, for the motherboard. I'm, there might be like a plug-in card. There is a plug-in card, but then you have know. to find a way to pass through video. Yeah. Which is a big pain in the butt. Oh, or you're or yeah. you could do what Linus's new setup is where he said he just ran each individual cable and then ran like a USB hub all the way out to his. Honestly, that makes way more sense. It does. And it's way cheaper. Yep. And you can use normal hardware and not have to buy a specialized motherboard to do it. And it'll have way better Linux support, almost guaranteed, yeah. But yeah, honestly, I think that for my use case, the Mac book is perfect. Because again, I can take it home, dock it, use it as a desktop. Or if, say, I want to go to Starbucks and do some work, I can take it with me. Or Haley likes to road trip. So if we're going on a road trip and I don't take the day off, Haley just drives and I type on the computer doing work on the highway. Mm -hmm. Which I actually did last time we went on a road trip. But I did it with my XPS. But, um, so Kyle, did you have any specific talking points that you want to talk about? Because if not, I'm going to pass the bar to Quentin. Yeah, Let's I feel Quentin like Quentin's sort of sad one. here and hasn't yeah. said a lot for a whole part of this episode. We should give him some... Uh, Other than Mac stuff. Yeah. So, I just was kind of wanting to talk over, a, a, get your guys' opinion on a project and something that I just want to do as um, a fire alarm guy myself. Does this perhaps deal with lasers, or am I wrong? No. Okay, never mind. Um, so most people in movies, whenever you see somebody pull a fire alarm pull station to activate the fire alarm, mm-hmm. every sprinkler goes off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Which is stupid. most movies. It's <laughs> not how that works. It's not how that works, right? Yeah, I want to actually do a project and get your guys' opinion on it, um, where I I take like spare pipe. That was gonna be torn out. We we build a movie style fire system. We build a we build a fire system with movie style, where when you pull the lever, it actually works. Yeah, that seems and really fun. Yeah, I think we've already got everything to do that. Even the only right? thing we need is a solenoid. We already have it. the solenoid. Just pull it off the no, auto turret. That's staying on the turret. I'm keeping that. Whatever, a ten dollar solenoid. Okay, fine. Get yeah, ten bucks. <laughs> buy another solenoid. Done. Do we want to make it? Do, yeah. Let's make take us one step further. IOT. IOT. <laughs> it's it's connected to the internet, and our viewers can pay to have it triggered during a live stream. No. 
<laughs> for thirty thousand dollars, well, get us well, I think yeah. that's probably closer to a hundred k, right? How much shit so, would we have to replace? Yeah. So there yeah. is a sprinkler system that actually does that already. Wait, is that like a common thing now? No, it's not at all common. I hope not. <laughs> that's terrifying. Hacker noises. The Mostly S in IoT in, stands for security. But up, up. Um, that. So, how a normal sprinkler system works is. Um, the system is full of water. Mm-hmm. It's a glass bulb. Yeah, those little sort of red like, vials. There's actually like seven or eight different colors for different temperatures. Okay, yeah, because the, the red temperature one, actuated, the like liquid in there expands and blows out exactly that glass like a therm- cartridge, and it all dumps down through the ceiling. So how like a thermometer? Yeah, works and I think so what, with I the think mercury, it's not mercury. Off the though. top of your head, what are the colors different? Like what color is what temperature? Red is one fifty five. Green is two hundred six. Blue is two eighty six. Uh, this is Fahrenheit, right? Yes. Um, and then it. there's like I'd hope so. It'd be boiling water. <laughs> I forget what yellow Molten is. Molten metal is yeah. on your sprinkler system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta melt the gallium, dude. <laughs> there is yellow. There is orange. Hmm. I forget what those two are. I think orange is three hundred, and then there's black. Black is five twelve. Oh, black wow. is like again probably like a, a steel mill or something that would be in there. Yep. Yeah. Um, but most use cases is the red, which is 155. There's standard response, which takes a little bit longer, and then there's quick response, which is just a thinner bulb. Got it. Um, and it's my understanding that once one of those blows, it's probable that a handful of other ones in the room will also blow due to water hammer and some other pressure-related things. It depends on how old the system is. Understood. Um, And how far the fire spreads, because usually if it's just... Like if a fire were to burst out right here and it wouldn't move past the desk, but there were a sprinkler head above us, this would be the only one that would break. Got so it. that's the ideal situation, right? That's ideally how it should work. Yeah. Yeah. And they usually have about a, usually about a 14 foot spread. Cause you don't want, you know, suddenly there's one dorm room or one apartment on fire. Every All of the sprinkler sprinklers. <laughs> the entire building shatters. The whole building oh, floods. Like every college student has that experience where like you're yeah. in the dorm ready to sleep. You have an exam the next day. So <laughs> lo and behold, <laughs> uh, 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 oh everyone else go outside. Five times in Quentin one has, day. Yeah. Was, didn't, Quentin, yeah. don't you have fun stories about like people being in towels and stuff when you had to call, get an emergency response? Oh yeah, I've seen oh, that. Yeah, the, um, so the university that all of you have attended, we do one of the buildings that is used for campus housing. And we had to pull the fire alarm because part of the annual inspection is that you mm-hmm. have to check all the horn strobes and make sure the notification circuits work. So that way people know that a fire is going on. They alerted the residents, but nobody really cared. Give a shit. Cared. Um, so when everybody walked out, there were girls wearing towels and guys wearing towels, but they came out together like holding hands. Like, you know exactly what the <laughs> hell they were doing. <laughs> they were showering. Yeah. Um, together. but back on the sprinklers that's how a normal sprinkler works um there's dries which it's filled with air up to a certain point and there's one pound of air will hold back eight pounds of water okay um whenever a sprinkler head breaks it bleeds off the air and then water fills the system hitting that uh that's where you'll get multiple sprinkler heads because it's going to have a little bit more time for the fire to spread got it um and then there's pre-action, which is attached to a fire alarm system where it's not filled with air or it is filled with air. It depends. Um, if, it, if it's filled with air, it has the um, the bulb like a dry system, but it's very, very low air. 
So it's uh, got to have two activations. It's got to have fire alarm and the air bleed off. So, like, if you pull the fire alarm but there's no fire, it's not going to trigger, but... If you pull the fire alarm, the system will fill with water, and then it waits for the sprinkler head to break. Okay. Got it. So if if you do light a fire and the fire alarm never gets pulled underneath like a sprinkler, it'll shatter but not dump water? It'll eventually, the air will dump oh, off. Oh, the air will bleed out? Okay. And then, Got it. Got it. And then, but but if you pull the alarm, it'll pre-charge it, so it'll it'll go faster. Yes. Got it. Interesting. Um, and then the one that the movies use is called Deluge. D e l u g e. Deluge, deluge. Yeah. The system is open. There's no bulb in the sprinkler head. Yeah. And it's all open head nozzles. So you just so, crank a valve and everything goes. Yep. Yeah. Those are also usually fire alarm activated as well. Do those th- those do exist, so there are actually places that still yeah, use those. Yeah, most mostly cooling towers for like water treatment plants and stuff like that. That's usually where. But those like are. in the movies, like every building has those. Like there wouldn't be a school with one of those. No, no, no. I mean, it wouldn't make sense. You'd like lose you'd so drench much. everyone. You'd drench everyone. You'd lose so like all the computer labs would be gone. Would be fucked. If we eventually got to a point where we had like a warehouse, maybe if we got big enough to the point where we had our own warehouse, I'd like to go ahead and build at least each of the four systems. So that way we can actually do like a demonstration video. That would, that would be, be really cool. cool. That'd be some. That'd be some nerdy ass content, though. That'd be very, very niche, but I'm sure it'd be interesting. Because you know, most people don't actually know that. Yeah, right. You don't know how an actual sprinkler system works. You think you pull a pole station and then all the sprinklers go off. No, you pull a pole station, the fire alarm's going to go off unless it's attached to like deluge or preaction. Hmm. Today I learned. Today I learned. Same. To be fair, something I've learned about doing social media stuff is that um, I'm not going to call people dumb, but things that we take for granted and think is pretty common knowledge is not common knowledge at all. The opposite is also true. Do you have any That's also amount of true, people who thought that yeah. our turret looked exactly like a, a seaweeds, seaweeds? Or a C-Ram, a C-Ram. Com, common name for it. I've never even heard of it before, you know? And people are like, oh, yeah, you guys all totally based off of that. That's awesome. Congrats, guys. And we're like, yep. no. What is that? <laughs> I just like <laughs> randomly slapped some stuff together. That's total happenstance. Yeah. But, yeah. It was a coincidence, but it was a happy coincidence. Yeah. So many people one, knew yeah. exactly what it was. I was impressed. Yeah. But at the same time, like you. I like, mean, I knew I, I knew in the back of my mind, I made that and we put it all together. And I'm like, this looks oddly familiar, like something I've seen before. I don't know what it is, though. And then someone pointed out the CRAM. I think one of my friends did when I was showing them before all the stuff went live. And they're like, oh, yeah, that looks like a C-RAM. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. So I'm, just sure, I'm with sure I've seen one in an image somewhere and, like, subconsciously just Even couldn't though immediately recall it. It's a it's the radar is what the, the big ter- uh, tube is. It's not the, the, the ammunition like we're using it for. Correct. Which is silly. They don't anyway. use airsoft bullets to shoot down drones. Oh, man. No, it's a 20-millimeter Vulcan cannon. The <laughs> bullet is the size of your forearm. <laughs> just a scratch. Just a scratch. <laughs> Just a scratch. All right, so I want to transition to something that I'm excited about. I know Quentin is excited about as well, and it's some video game news. Mm-hmm. Sony, Mr. IP protective Japanese company Sony. Mm-hmm. Has proprietary. Proprietary. You're not allowed to Exclusives. share this. You're saying proprietary. Hold up. Um, Sony has said they're announcing, they're releasing Spider-Man. On the PC. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. For the first and time. And Miles Morales. And the, yeah, and the. Oh, the, the new one? I thought it was only no. the old one. Yeah. No, they're releasing both. 
what? onto PC. Now the the original one that came out on PS4 back October. in 2017, 18. I think 18. It came out the same year as God of War. God of War 4 and Red Dead Redemption. It's sure, but, now so I feel like 2018 was the last actual good year for gaming. Yeah, but COVID Ooh. didn't help. COVID. I actually think this year there's actually some pretty good games that are coming out this year, too. But go the ahead. One Sorry. game that I'm really excited for is Kerbal Space Program 2. I can't is wait. Is that supposed to come out this year? Supposedly, but it's been pushed back so many times. Who knows? Partially has a COVID. But anyway. Spider- it literally got pushed back more times than um, Cyberpunk, I think, at this point. I remember, I have KSP one and I've been playing that since oh I don't know twenty eleven or something like when it first came out. I think I bought Kerbal Space Program in twenty thirteen. Didn't yeah, it yeah. come with the humble bundle stand with Ukraine? I think it did. It did. I don't know. Kerbal Space Program did, yeah. But anyway, Spider Man is coming to PC and everyone's like, Oh my god, this is the game Sony brings first. This is like one of their biggest Sony is so protective of the Spider Man IP. So protective. They were offered to buy Marvel for like as, like a stupid low number. It was like $4 million, something like a low a number. A long time ago. A long time ago. It was in the 90s. And they're like, oh, we just want Spider-Man. And they go, why do you just want Spider-Man? Because like, Spider-Man's popular in Japan. We want Spider-Man. That's the only character they bought for $4 million. And now they're kicking themselves, wishing they just bought the damn franchise because now Disney has run off with it and is now like the biggest, one of the biggest franchises in the world. Avengers. But because Sony owns the exclusive rights to um, the, I'm trying to think, owns exclusive rights to Spider-Man. Microsoft isn't allowed to publish the Spider-Man game. At least in in media. Like Marvel still owns like the rights to comics and the books and everything. It's just filming and like multimedia. So yeah, so every time that Marvel made a Spider-Man movie that was licensed from Sony. Hmm. And every time, I think every time they used him in any of the movies, he was also licensed from Sony. But the fact that they're releasing the Spider-Man video game in PC is, like, huge news. This, that like To me, this is the sign that PC gaming is what the world is coming to, at least from the mainstream console market, because Sony is embracing it hardcore. Microsoft is embracing it hardcore. We all knew Valve was embracing it because their whole uh, business model was PC gaming. Another thing, though, is, like, we're a lot older than when we were console boys way back when. Yeah, that's, that's true, So too. I have to wonder if there are just as many console... It's possible that they're just Children doing this to there. get the more mature audience back into these games because it's possible that I their issue it's plausible. Yeah, yeah. Their, their issue isn't, oh, hey, we don't have enough sales. Their issue is, oh, hey, gamers older than the age of 17 or 18 really aren't playing our games because they're on PC, which is probably not true, by the way. But I'm just saying that there might be a different audience they're trying to capture. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's reasonable. Yeah, Because if you're going to buy a PlayStation, you're going to buy a PlayStation because I know, so, I know an entire group of friends, and I think I've mentioned it before, who like still play p they're our age and they're still on playstations like they they said i don't want to deal with the hassle of I mean, pcs yeah exactly that's exactly what it is for a lot of people i don't want to deal with the hassle of this that or the other so they buy a console so yeah. they're in their living room to play but hey they're free to do whatever right so i have a pc everything that i can play pc i do but i have a playstation 5 for your for, exclusives for the sole purpose of exclusives and yes they're coming to pc but they're coming to pc four years later I don't want to wait four years because God of War Ragnarok is supposed to come out this year, but only on PlayStation and only on PlayStation, and that which is actually coming to PlayStation Four as well. It's coming to both PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. Which Would you hear cool. that Sony said they're discontinuing the PS Four? Yep, they quit making them. And oh, then, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, next year they're coming out with Spider Man Two. Yeah, which here's the thing. So it sounds like which so- Spider Man Two is supposed to be massive and also only on the PS Five and only on the PS Five. So here's the thing: Sony's been releasing their games on PC, but they wait. 
like four years until after the game's been out. Horizon Zero Dawn, okay? This is my prime example because this is the game that I liked the most. That I came don't out. get that. Are they like trying to generate a second round of hype? Listen, or... no, so, I, think, I think it's good. So here's what happened is, all right, so, so Horizon Zero Dawn came out way back in, I think, 2017 or 2018. It's not a new game by any means. I like means. that game. It's very good. And then it came out again in 2020 on PC. Two months later, or like a few months later, the new one released, the sequel released. Only oh, on PlayStation. I see. Okay. And then a few, and I think that another year or two will go by and they'll put the new Horizon Zero Dawn on, on PC. P- on PC. But guess what? There's a, a new, new one. There's a new one coming out that's for PlayStation VR only. It's a VR game, but it's only coming out on PlayStation. And they're going to repeat that cycle. Because here's the thing. Spider-Man 2 is coming out next year. So what did they do? They put the Spider-Man games on PC. Yep, to get you hooked. And then you want to play the next one. Either you can wait or you can buy a PS5 now. And it's honestly it. and many, it's honestly genius marketing, kind yeah. of. And most PC gamers are mature enough that if they're only going to stay on PC, they can wait. Or if you have a shitload of money, you can go out and buy a PS5. I disagree with it, but yeah, you're not wrong. It's genius marketing. And either way, I'm happy because I, I'm never, I, I'm on the boat. I'm never buying another console. My kids will play PC games for God's sakes. Not only that, but it also enables anyone in the future to always be able to play that game. Like their old Nintendo games, you just can't play anymore because they don't sell the console. They don't sell the game. You'd have but to buy it from a second retailer that consoles are only breaking over time. Even know, though so. Sony's yeah. doing it on a huge multi-year delay, we're in, in 20 years, we're still going to be able to go back and play Spider-Man PS4 on Steam. Yeah, which is hype. Assuming it, you know, assuming Steam doesn't implode, updated, and Steam doesn't implode, and you. But have I'm sure people people always find a way, especially systems. if they have the freedom of a computer. I mean, yeah, that is true. The freedom of a PC is Dude, just so much greater than that of a console that you can play really old, like you know, Windows Vista, DOS 3.1, like really, really old games on a modern. Well, actually. Currently, Linux is beating Windows in that regard. That is probably true because, because Linux is commonly used for emulator stuff, right? So um, I was watching one of my favorite uh, YouTubers. His name is Craft Computing. His whole thing is that he does a lot of server. He does He's like Linus Tech Tips, but he focuses on server and home lab content. That's, okay. Maybe I should start looking at that because I, I feel like that's my sort of area. Occasionally, anyway. he branches off and he does like, occasionally he'll do like a graphics card review or recently he's been playing on the Steam Deck, but he did a review of using SteamOS on a desktop PC. Mm-hmm. He spent, he spent an entire month using nothing but SteamOS for games Okay. on his desktop. And he said that other than multiplayer games that didn't have anti-cheat, it's perfect, like almost perfect. And he said, though, that the thing that impressed him the most about it was that he was able to go back and play games that would require hours of tinkering to get working on Windows. He literally hit enable Proton. They oh, worked yeah, immediately. Yeah, because I guess they have all the compatibility layers. They worked layers immediately. Nice. No, no tinkering whatsoever. I, I know that Valve has done a lot of time, has dumped a lot of time, effort, and money. I am into so hyped for the Steam Deck work. at this point, dude. I am so hyped. Dude, I'm going to yeah, play Spider Man on the Steam Deck. <laughs> I'm also very hyped for the Steam Deck, even though I don't plan on purchasing one. You're going to use the software. Yeah, because it means better Linux support for different games. For games. On Steam. Yeah. And maybe that can be the push to help move more software there as well, right? It doesn't have to be. I think on it will Steam, be. No, no, no. But it will be. I'm now we have all these that, users that are using Linux. Oh God, the market segment is expanding. It's getting bigger. There are more people who want this software on their Steam Deck for whatever reason. So Kyle, we should do what Linus did. And you when we, you and I both get our Steam Decks, we should use them as our daily PC for like a week or something. <laughs> like our only PC for a week. Just I'd to be see how it goes. I'd be willing to, but it'll be a rough week. 
Well, I see. I'm a Linux guy, so to me, this would be like second nature. I wouldn't have a problem with it. You would have a tough time because you're definitely more of a how would that work? a Windowsy guy. How would that work if you're at a full time job? You're just like, well, right, I was sorry, guys. Can only use this. So, I made a deal with my friends. <laughs> I'm allowed to use whatever I want at my job. So That's he would great. Care. You work at startup and not in the corporate world. Yeah. So he would still have to use his Windows PC for work, but any outside of work, he would be forced to use the Steam Deck. Need to Google something. All right, I got my Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed to use your phone either. Only you got to uh, use the touch keyboard. But that's oh. the thing, though. There's probably going to be a significant number of people who are going to use the Steam Deck as their only computer. Uh, you're probably not wrong, yeah. It's cheaper than most de- it's cheaper than most laptops. I'm gonna use the Steam Deck as my thin and client. more powerful. <laughs> Honestly, that's for games, it's not a bad idea. Uh, I think that the Steam Deck would be an awesome controller for the auto turret. Oh my god, you're right. You're so right. Yeah, because you are can you, forward you, the are, camera feed to, <laughs> to, to the, the, the screen. screen. Yeah. Yeah. You can use the, the joystick and the fire yeah. button. Like the fire button, yeah. So Kyle, do you still have two ordered? I do. You still going to get two? Yeah. When's when's your first one supposed to come in? Uh, between next month and three months from now. Oh my god, that's Same. such a range. Yeah. No, yes, mine is supposed to come between in, sometime in quarter three, which is July through September. It's going to be in that range, mm-hmm. and then wow. what's the? Second? I mean, it probably depends on how many people they email and no one responds. You know. And then the when's so your long. next one supposed to come? I don't know. It's just it just says it's just says like after Q three or something like that usually. Uh yeah, I haven't checked. It says eventually TM. Eventually TM, yes. <laughs> I, am I, I have one of the high-end models, one of the low-end models. The high-end well, models. Honestly, I wish I bought the low-end model. I really do. I wish I would have reserved the lowest-end one. Because I fix it, released all of the parts, and you can literally upgrade the lowest-end model to the highest-end model just buying repair parts. But replacing that screen would be kind of annoying. Well, they did say I that it, you, you would be better off just buying the high-end model, actually. Yeah. I, don't, I thought that I heard that the screen really wasn't that worth it anyway. It's like just a little bit of anti-glare. It's so it depends on the person. Honestly, I'll probably buy like an aftermarket anti-glare screen protector. Yeah, yeah probably it'll be the same thing. A, yeah, after, yeah, whatever. Or even like a matte screen protector. But Ooh, you I should the... talk about the matte screen protectors that I got and I'm not using for this device. Why'd you not using it? Um, Because it's literally a piece of polyethylene. It's like a PET sheet and I hate How is the What screen protector did you screen get protectors? for your tablet? So that screen protector on your iPad is like really nice. It's called uh, Paperlike. Basically, I refuse to use a plastic screen protector because they're so grabby. They don't, like, you can't slide your finger easily across a piece of That's the of point glass. of them, though, right? So it feels more like paper. I didn't want that on a phone. On no, a phone, I, I get it. I but wanted, on a tablet, I wanted I would a matte piece paper. of glass is what I wanted. But the, I guess that doesn't really work. The other so. problem is because of the grain of it, a pure white light kind of gets deflected into its R, G, and B components. So if you look at a pure white screen, it's like, wow, it looks beautiful. If you look at it with the paper-like screen protector on you like see this like weird sparkle that happens. And what it is, is it's like the RGB pixels being separated a little bit by the protector. Just, and a, more, just a hair. Yeah. Just a hair, yeah. So I don't know. Weird. I might try it at some point, but it's just not my style. I want to, I mean, if, if it was like an iPad that I was going to be writing on, then it makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah that's literally but what he, I want to, I want to, I want to be able to slide my finger on this device to swipe and do whatever. So I don't know. Maybe I'll try it eventually if I end up cracking the screen protector. I got a whole pile of them at this point, so. Yeah, I I might, uh, going back to Apple Soy Boy things, oh. I might end up getting an iPad as well just so I can use it as a second screen when I'm not at the house. Why don't you buy second a Tesla? Screen. <laughs> that I do refuse to buy. You're going to buy the Tesla. Apple electric car when they come up with that? No. I'm gonna get it's the, got an M1 chip I want the it, Kia EV6. <laughs> I've had, I've had I'll buy a Tesla. Before. I believe I they did confirm, though, that it's going to be windowless. Windowless? 
Yeah, it's gonna be all cameras. Oh yeah, and windows. Okay. Yeah, because it doesn't have windows on it. Yep. I'm. I'm. I, that's halfway a joke, but halfway being serious. From what I heard, that, that sounds a little dangerous. That I don't like. I, if the car had no windows, I would not drive it. It'd be really cool if the entire inside was like nothing but LED panels, so you could see a full 360 view of like the road and everything. You know, so like as you're gliding through, it's, you're be, like a sphere. The be, car is invisible. <laughs> yeah, it looks Quick like to it's the invisible boat mobile. <laughs> but it's only invisible from the inside out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like a weird version of a flashing like traffic cone from the outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you seen? I don't know. There was some YouTube channel that did a. Uh, uh, that was like reviewing people's weird, crazy car contraptions. And there was this British guy who converted a couch to his car, got the <laughs> whole thing road legal. And this guy is just driving a full on couch down the highway at 60 miles an hour. And I was like, this is a project that I want to do. That would be so fun. I told you, I want to do the electric ATV project. Drive a couch down the highway. <laughs> You're, so imagine dangerous. getting pulled over. Sir, can I see your license and registration? for? Yeah, the it's people? underneath the cushion. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you hand them this registration for a freaking couch that you're driving down the road. It'd be so fun. You'd just be known in the area like, oh, yep, there's oh, a couch there's guy. there's a couch guy, yeah, right. <laughs> just get it on an office chair. <laughs> 60 miles an hour. Shifting it's gotta... my office chair? Yeah, yeah, all right. That's a good one. I got to do that. That can be a project at some I want, point. Add I, that to the ideas. I want the casual. I still want to do the electric conversion projects where we convert non-electric vehicles to electric vehicles. I mean, we There's need so a much effort for though. it, and that's a lot of effort. There's a knows, lot of money maybe. too, because I quoted the electric ATV project. If we do it the way I want to, it's going to cost us like six grand. Six grand isn't bad. I was expecting yeah, sixty, but yeah, you, but you're yeah. also assuming the ATV is free. You're, yeah. No, the ATV was seven hundred fifty dollars. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So we would buy one yeah, with a blown. We would buy it. We would buy one with a blown engine. Okay. Yeah. Sell mm, the blown engine for scrap. Melt it down. Whatever. Recoup. And then we, what we would do is is that we would then get. Um, I was also only accounting for one motor though, and I think I would rather have two. And then but we can. The issue that I see here, I guess, is just the lack of tools. We right. have all of these small electronics tools. We got plenty of soldering irons and anything to do small electronics projects, but we don't have CNC mills or laser cutters. Remember when you said I'm I'm the guy that knows guys? But yeah, you are the guy that knows guys. But I, I don't got, know. I got I'm, I got I'm I got a welding guy. I, I, I like got a CNC guy. I got an HVAC guy. That's Quentin. I've got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What 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 guy am I for you? Um, uh, you're the security guy. Yes, yeah, you're the, really. the the paranoid guy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. The USB C guy. The USB C guy. Yeah. Kyle, is the guy. Kyle is the camera guy. <laughs> Alex is the C plus plus guy. Oh, that's rough. I feel like I'd rather be like the CNC guy or like the electrical guy. Well, no, you were the three D printer guy because you're the one you go to for that's advice. True. I guess that is true. I've I receive way too many requests for advice. Do not message me. I will not get back to you. Um, he lies. He responds to Discord all the time. He's friendly. He's upset about it, but he is friendly. I'm friendly <laughs> when I have to be, or I could be a dick about it if you'd prefer. <laughs> I prefer not, but you I don't, don't know how to get my first layer out. Ah, fucking there's one other you, bud. Get out. There's one <laughs> other. So mean. <laughs> <laughs> I said that to you when you were first learning. That's you the problem. Literally, the no. One of my 3D printer YouTubers, Makers Moves, literally went on a podcast and ranted about how the 3D printer community is so fucking toxic because of people like that. Yeah. 
He said he is. There are literally like Facebook groups that are turning beginners away because they don't like. But you are a beginner what, too. What community won't you find that in? Stack Overflow, Stack Exchange. Well, whatever. first of all, Fucking never idiot. You don't know how to program stack, shit. Get out of here. As far as I'm concerned, Stack Overflow is a read-only forum at this point. Yeah, I never post to it. But anyway, going back to what 3D printers, what I was going to say is, I have one other casual coders project that I want to do, and this one I will fund and I will do it this year. I wanna. I want Bet. to. I want to build a Voron for casual coders. What is a Voron? A Voron is a fully open source, fully custom built 3D printer that you build to your specifications using the blueprints they provide. So like one room by one room by one. No no room. no 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 no. This is like an actual 3D printer we'd want to use, not like a meme project. Okay. <laughs> this is one that we would actually. This would probably turn into our workhorse, a casual coders like main 3D printer. Like, like these are hot swappable nozzles. I want to add a hot swap system. Yes. That'd be cool. I want to add a hot swap Multicolor. system. No, the reason why I want to add a hot swap system is because I want it to also be a laser cutter. Infinite just, Z axis. Yeah, just make sure you deal with the laser uh, reflection. Well, I want to get I want to get the I want to get tinted acrylic for cuz what it is, the printer is box shaped. Just make sure your tinted acrylic actually deals with it. Laser safety is a very big important. Well, I thing. think maybe for V one I won't bother with lasers yet. For V one, I'll just build. A five watt laser is your eyes are gone if you don't. For V one, I'll just build a Voron, and, careful and then we'll improve that. it as a video, like as a series or something. But um, V one, we'd build the Voron. The Voron is a box, and like in the kit that I found, it you can actually buy them as a kit. But it only comes with all of the non three D printed components. Would it make sense to use the big printer as the sacrifice for the Voron. Maybe for yours. Just I thought you were going to build one yourself anyway. I, I don't I don't have the time for it. At That's this point, fair. If I'm being honest. But if we do it as a casual I coders like, project. I don't know. Does it make sense to try to, I don't know, do something with casual Tell you what, over lunch printer. we can discuss the bill of materials that. and then we can figure it out. But the printer is a big box, okay? And then it comes with acrylic panels. So then what is, while it's printing, you close the acrylic panels and then the smell of the 3D printer filament doesn't get out i've never had issues with pla but abs pla i haven't had issues but dude abs smells so bad have you ever printed polycarbonate i'm sure it's worse polycarbonate uh like flakes off and crystallizes and shoots little like particles of like burny pain so the the so the print itself is what's making the smell not the not the heated nozzle is that what you're saying it's coming off the nozzle but it's the heated plastic the heated polymer there are like sharp bits or whatever that jump off of that and like if you get your microscopic i assume yeah microscopic little particulate of plastic and it's like it burns it stings if you get your eyes close to it or like anything like that on the bright side i don't breathing it in is not good for you and other stuff yeah. But yeah, the Voron, it's this huge printer and it uses a special system called a Core XY system. And the idea is, is that it has two motors, but I the love motors. Core XY. What? I love Core XY. Yeah, so it's it so has cool. two motors. And instead of having one motor controls the X axis and one motor controls the Z axis, they both control both axes simultaneously. Oh, one of those. It's guys. almost if you take your standard Cartesian, like XY, um, where they're like a square, and just sort of spin them so they're like an x if you spin one motor it'll move diagonally mm. and if you spin the other motor it'll move diagonally. so if you want to move in a straight way, line you have to you move have to spin both, both motors move in a straight line yeah what is the one where like uh there are three pipes basically oh, it's a delta that's a delta, delta. Yeah. that's a delta deltas have their issues they can be cool and they're interesting to watch deltas are I so fucking loud them. they're really loud unless they have quiet drivers in them Burr. 
Oh yes, I one of my so one of my former coworkers says he literally could not run his Delta printer while he slept because he could hear it. it the, the printer was in his living room, and he was on the outside of the house in his bedroom, and he could hear the printer <laughs> in his living room. I think by design they probably rattle around a little bit. He just said it did rattle yeah. as well. It made some weird noises. But anyway, the Core XY Voron is known for being the fastest 3D printer that you can build because it holds the world record for the fastest Benchy ever in under five minutes. It's five. not a good Benchy, but it's a Benchy. It is a Benchy. Five minutes. Even then, okay, we'll Planning use we'll, we'll run it at half that speed. We could still have okay quality parts in minutes rather than hours. I w- that would be really nice. Can we throw like a 0.6 millimeter nozzle? Yes, on there we can. I was really... gonna so I was gonna use the standard V6 hot end, which is like the Do standard hot end. No, I have so many volcano blocks. I prefer, Let me finish. But yeah. We're oh, going to use Bontech. the standard V6 Honda and we're going to get the Bontech nozzle. So what the Bontech nozzle Aren't those is really expensive. Though? No, they're like 20 bucks. Uh, you, you, you take this, the nozzle and there's three holes in it instead of one. So when the, the filament goes through the hot nozzle, it gets split into three strands and then those three strands get melted in the molten plastic. So it melts three times faster than a normal 3d printer nozzle in the same amount of space. Mm, I see. The problem is, these are patented, and there's only one company that is licensed to make them, which is called Bontech. Well, oh, I see. Well, they're licensed by Stratasys, I believe. And Bontech, yeah, they're not licensed by Bontech. Bontech, Bontech licensed patent, the patent. Yeah, licensed the patent through, yeah, Stratasys. Stratasys Systems. I'm sure Chinese manufacturers and sellers will eventually. I would rather off, support but, the patent because this yeah. is like a really lucrative technology. The idea is, is that you can have a normal. I like, don't know, though. It's just some idea that any machinist could have come up with. Okay. Right? I don't know. But. I mean, Anything I get it. can be that. Any, yeah, sure. I get it. But, but anyway, I, I we're going to use I that. I like sharing knowledge and making it freely available for people at the very least. That's true. That's Unless a, you knew, then yeah, then you know, tell you to go away. <laughs> I don't I it's I just, just I not just. one of my hobbies anymore. I don't do much with 3D printing. I used to be all over it. I used to pursue forums. It's, it's and nothing more than constantly. a tool now to him. Yeah, for me, 3D printing is just a tool. If I want something, I'll print it. Otherwise, I'm not going out of my way to tinker with my printers anymore. It's not really one of my hobbies. It's sort of the, fallen that's out the, of, yeah. That's the one issue with the Voron. That's probably the reason you don't want to build it, right, Ian, is because the Voron is a hobby in itself. Like, it is a sub-hobby within 3D printing. I, yeah, I You have to tinker with these things to get them perfect. Because every single one is slightly different. I an Ender 3, and I hated it. I, I and yeah, we have to use Clipper. It. That's the only firmware that the Voron support because of how fast these things print. You can't use any other firmware. You could technically put Marlin on it, but it's not going to be nearly fast enough. No, I don't want Marlin. I want it to use... I, I've already decided it is going to run... Um, It's I've, going to run Clipper. I've got a connection who can And you're going to suck it up. I've, <laughs> deal I've, with it. <laughs> whatever. As long as you can configure a Raspberry Pi that actually consistently works. Cause well, did you use a Pi Zero? I did. There's your problem. I was also using a 3B though, and it's the same thing. It's the fact that my Wi-Fi is shit. Well, anyway. I would probably hook it up through Ethernet. It would go into the computer box. It would have an Ethernet cable running out of it. Yeah, that would be fine. But yeah, I flashed Clipper to my Ender 3, and I just hated it. I I couldn't deal with it. I wanted to just be able to grab an SD card, insert it into the printer, and click go on the touchscreen. I don't want to have a Raspberry Pi. Oh, I'm not going to have I'm not gonna have a screen on it either. It, you're going to connect to you using your phone or your you computer. You could throw a TFT display on there. I could, but I would rather not because that's more complexity that I don't have to deal with. I'd rather just use my phone. That's literally what it's for. But anyway, the other cool thing about the Voron printers is that they're, for how big you can print them in, they're not that big relatively. So the printer has a 350 millimeter by 350 millimeter by 350 millimeter squared or cubic cubic, um, uh, volume, okay? But the printer itself is only like 400 by 400 by 400 in size. So you only lose 50 millimeters like an inch of space. Or something like that. 
which is not a lot. Inch and three quarters, I think. Inch and three quarters of space on each side for an entire. Sorry, 50 you said? I think it's 50, yeah. Almost exactly two inches. Never mind. Yeah, almost exactly two inches on either and on a total and you get this massive print bed because the print bed is stationary and just the 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 nozzle moves that's the only part of the entire system that moves now there comes some arguments on should you use a bowden style to um tube where the the extruder is mounted to the frame and then there's a tube that goes that pushes the filament through or should you use a direct drive where there's a device on the actual nozzle itself that pushes the filament through i always vote direct drive a light but direct, direct drive. drive on the the voron can slow it down that's the problem just use a light one i, don't know. I would i i think i will lean towards direct drive because i would lean towards higher quality prints and more flexibility in i filaments. would rather I see that direct drive will give you more like tighter tolerances. I'd rather slow down a little bit and maintain a much tighter tolerance. That's than, fair. I've know, actually noticed as though, fast as physically possible with a looser tolerance. So my, my Ender three is converted to direct drive and I've noticed my quality has decreased when my tolerances have increased, have like may, been better. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. I get ringing and stuff on an Ender three that I converted to direct drive. But that's just because it's using thin extrusions. Like you can't stop that. Yep. Which is also why I have not told Kyle to convert his yet. I think Kyle, for what he uses his printers for, is it's fine. Yeah. Quinn, what period do you have? I have a Prusa Mini. Which honestly is like a super nice printer for the money. It is. It was five hundred dollars. Uh no, it was it was four hundred. Four hundred? Yeah, it was on yeah, it was I like four hundred and fifty. But that came with filament too. Is that with filament and everything, or is that just the No. No? Um so I bought it with a filament sensor on it, which was an additional like thirty bucks. Um, I could have bought extra print beds, but honestly, the one is fine. Um, it's just a magnetic print bed. Is um, it the spring steel one? Yeah, I had an Ender Three V Two. You had problems with it, did you? I Every had, weekend you called me and you're like, "I have another issue with it." And I ended up selling it to my coworker, who is going to help us with the pie show board. You'll end up meeting him soon. Um. But, and I knew it was going to happen. As soon as I sold it, he fixed one thing, everything was fine. But it would have been a situation <laughs> where I would have fixed it, another thing would have broke. I would have fixed that, another thing But the broke. Prusa, hasn't it been, like, basically flawless since you've got it? With a few a few issues of beginning, and then after that, it's been fine? I yeah, mean, I'll much. be dead honest. If you're looking to buy a printer, I would. I don't recommend the Ender 3. I recommend a Prusa. Just buy a Prusa, bite the bullet, I, spend the extra money, you'll... You're it's so worth much happier. No, yeah, it's, it's worth, worth it. it. Yeah, you don't have to deal with the Prusa Mini is only like a little smaller than Ender Three. The the Prusa is just unmatched in terms of reliability. Because even just even if you you can only like, afford the Mini, yeah. buy the Mini. Like it's that good. Honestly, if I were if I weren't a three D printer hobbyist, I would not build the Voron. I would go out and buy a Prusa Mark Three. Yeah, that's what I would be buying. But I want to build this massive printer that I get to tinker with and stuff because I think it would be fun. Because honestly, I my. My Ender 3 is a zombie. It is not an Ender 3 anymore. I've the only uh, that's Ender, how most of them end up. Yeah, all my, the, you only, have to tinker with an Ender 3 to make the it. The only part of my printer that is an Ender 3 is the frame itself. Nothing else is Ender 3. It has a new nozzle and the heated bed I haven't changed out. It has a new nozzle, it has a new bed plate, it has a new motherboard. Everything's been switched out with it. I didn't keep it stock at all. Because the stock under three is good enough to get started, but you're going to want something better sooner rather than later. That point is by like three or four more extra parts, you know, two printers. I, <laughs> it, it's not that simple though, mm-hmm. because of the logistics and stuff. And right. honestly, if I could go back, I would have, if I could go back to 18 year old me who bought the printer, I would tell him save up $750 and buy a Prusa. That's what I would have told him. 
while tinkering with it was a really fun experience, it was also really frustrating. There were months where I never used the printer because I was so mad at it because I couldn't get something working. And while I could have just done what Quentin did, bought a Prusa and had no problems with it. If I buy another printer, which I eventually probably will, I'm just going to buy the full-size Prusa. Well, I was thinking about saving up and buying the Prusa XL until, until I saw the price tag. Yeah. I think it's like a $3,000 printer, It is three right? grand. Yeah. Yeah. They're really expensive. They're really cool, but they're expensive. I'd rather, for, my options are either I can spend $1,000 and I can get a Prusa Mark III fully assembled with some filament, or I can spend $1,000 and I can get a Voron, which is the same size as the Prusa, the larger Prusa. And I'll have a mini, and it, it'll be a casual coders video. Yeah. I think I'd rather spend the $1,000 and show me building the printer and everything. I want the one with the infinite Z-axis. That one is so Oh, the CR30? Yeah. I've heard mixed things about those. Yep. On they're the not one, the best, but... They're so cool. It's do. a cool concept, but I've heard they're a big pain. They're just like the Ender they're 3. Pain, you have to tinker yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also an Ender product. Yeah, it's also a Creality product. Whatever happened to the original Black Belt, which was a collaboration between PrinterBot and a different company? Well, I was looking into more infinite 3D printer things. And that infinite 3D printer is a, conve- a, a conveyor belt printer. And one of my favorite, another 3D printing YouTuber I follow called Teaching Tech, he did one where he took a Delta printer, he added a conveyor belt to a Delta printer. Mm-hmm. And instead of, it doesn't give you an infinite Z-axis like the one you want does, Kyle. But he did it because it's his printer farm. He just queues up a bunch of prints, and then as soon as the print's done, it kicks the print off, starts the next one. Kicks the print off, starts the next one. How's it kick the print off? It's a conveyor belt. His, he, his, his heated bed is a conveyor belt. So the Delta printer can move X, Y, and Z by itself, just its oh, head. Oh, I see. And then the, the, the bed is a conveyor belt, so it just conveyor belts off over like a little wedge that kicks the print off into a bucket, and then he starts the next one. That's pretty cool. And he actually, it's all open source. He published the instructions on how to build the conveyor belt. It's sort of like a treadmill. Yeah. I've also yeah. heard of people converting their... just print onto a treadmill. Well, no. <laughs> I've heard of people doing that. I've heard of people converting the, the... There's actually a kit you can buy that converts the Y-axis of an Ender 3 into a conveyor belt. So then you have infinite printing. You just, as soon as it's done printing, it kicks it off and starts the next one. That's super cool. Yeah. Quentin, does the, um, does the bed move on the mini? I don't remember. The bed moves, so yeah. it's the same similar motion system to the Ender Three. Yeah, it's a pretty exactly. standard motion system. Yeah, it's how all the Lulz bots were as well. The Lulz, like that's the most Lulz common one. Has. The fact that the Voron doesn't use that system is weird. It's, I mean, it's better. The funny thing is, there are really, really, really crazy similarities between the big printer, which I developed all those years ago, and, and the, the Voron. Voron. Yeah, they're really similar. They're very similar. Bed is stationary on the big printer. Same with the Voron, as I understand it. Yeah. Yeah, the whole XY series is just a big gantry that lifts up and down in the mm-hmm. Z-axis. That's literally how the Voron works, which Voron doesn't just have the Voron 2.4, which is the one I want to build. I only have a handful of them. They have a handful. The other one I want to build, which might be my second project after I build the Voron 2.4, is the exact opposite. It's a tiny printer. It's like this big. But you can, again, you can print a bench in like 10 minutes on it. The idea is, is that this, if you need a small part in 10 minutes, this is the printer you build. It is literally there a is a reason why you wouldn't put it on just the regular Voron because I can have this printer on my desk while the Voron's in my garage. I guess that's fair. That was my idea. I'd have the little mini printer on my desk, so anytime I need a part now and it needs a small, it'll be on my desk. But if I need a big thing, like but if your printer is like IoT and everything, anyway, right? That's true. Like, you're right. You're right. But I would also mean my printer would have to be on all the time. Over. I'd have to have filament loaded into it all the time and everything else. And I, I don't I, see myself using it that much. I've already, I've always got printers that are just ready to go and. Have filament loaded. I don't. But I also think again. I also think way. it would be like a cool little mini project. The other there's two other printers that I would love to build as casual coders videos or just in general because I think that would be fun to build. 
There's the uh, the Positron. Have you heard of that one? Is that the guy that fits inside the filament? Yes, box? it is a three yes. D is a portable takedown three D printer that fits inside of a three D printer filament box. It was really cool. It is really it's battery powered. Yeah, very interesting. So you could like take a three D printer anywhere with you. Like okay, I need to. We're going on to set to a casual coders film. And then we need a th- just in case we need three D printed parts. I can bring the printer with me in a filament <laughs> box and yeah. just plop it down, open it up, and it would print. And I want to build the hang printer. Mm. You, yeah, uh, hang printer is a good one. So I the hang printer. To. This is a three D printer that the entire three D printer is in one box. All right, and this box is then hung from your ceiling and then <laughs> hung from either sides of your walls, and you use your entire room as your three D printing bed. Yep. Does that not sound cool? That's hilarious. I don't think your positional accuracy is super great. It's not, but let's 3D print a fucking chair. Whatever. Yeah, right. Print a whole <laughs> chair, print a huge vase. What does whatever. a filament look like for that? You need to order a house worth of filament. You probably should be buying and five the, millimeter filament. Or yeah, some no, you're getting, so it uses three millimeter filament. Yeah. And then you also have the 3D printer filament. The filament actually sits on the, the hang printer. I thought that, okay, I'm clearly thinking of an older version of the hang The newer printer. version, the filament actually sits on it. Okay. Hello, I'd like 10,000 rolls of three millimeter print. What the heck? Filament. We actually filament. found a company that sells cheap printer filament in bulk. I don't think they sell three or 2.85. They don't. It is only 1.75. Which, I, honestly, I would probably just build a 1.75 version, version. version of the hang printer. Yeah, right. It's exactly. the superior filament. Throw a Bontech extruder or a Volcano on there and use a huge nozzle anyway, right? Just yeah. a one mil nozzle or 1.2 even. Yeah, that's probably what I would end up doing. Technically, Bontech has a 1.8, but I don't know. They got, I think Bontech does go up to like 1.7 or something. They did 1.8. 1.8. Yes. Yeah, I was, so what I'll probably. Which is end, funny because 1.75, 1.8, it literally gets bigger. I guess they just decrease the, the speed a little bit. I don't know. But anyway. Just a faster extrusion speed. One thing that I already want to print is uh, I was watching, I think his name is Zach Friedman online. Oh. Yeah, he's YouTuber. pretty good. I like him. Um, he, for his last April Fool's video, made this really cool sort system. That's all 3D printed. That wasn't uh, even yes. really an April Fool's video because that's actually a thing. You he can download the it to files go for it. live on April Fool's is like a joke, but it never happened. Even yeah, though, it, like, but this is the thing: it's, his April Fool's video is an extremely useful project yeah, exactly. that anyone can download. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. just, it's literally, or I think that would be so, the casual coders, like, like we should, Alex's basement's going to be filled with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, honestly, Alex needs a 3D printer, and I might convince him to build a Voron with me. Mm-hmm. So him and I can build, although I think Alex will end up building the small one. I don't think he wants the big one. I want the big one for cosplay reasons, because I want to, like, 3D print Stormtrooper helmets and stuff. Yeah, it's the one thing with the Infinite ZX's printer is you can print, like, long swords and stuff, you know? 3D printed swords never going to work out well, though. You have to well, it's reinforce a prop, though, dude. With, yeah, it's you a prop. still have to reinforce that with steel. Or at least, like, a wooden dowel of some form. It's not going to hold together well. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> You've tried. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Casual Coders Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to our ramblings. Um, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.